Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we thank you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we just pray that you will anoint this program this evening, that the words that come from me are really not just coming from me, but through the presence of Jesus in me and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that God had the very essence of the Spirit of the living God that is so much a part and really ought to have rule uh, the, our very emotions, our spirit, our soul. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that that, that every word that comes out of Sister Terry's uh, teaching tonight, every uh, thing that I do the best that I can to convey, uh, it, 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 that it roots itself deep into the hearts of people without instilling fear and instead instilling excitement because the excitement is that as the days grow darker and we see the black walls closing in on us, uh, that it really is our time to be ex- super excited, um, knowing that it's going to be a bit of a bit, <clears throat> a bit of a bumpy road, but at the same time also realizing that it brings us so much more closer. I, I you know, I, I don't know how to express it, Father, but so I'll just say so much more closer to the time. Excuse me, with with um, you know, to be with Jesus, to be in your presence, to be in the hopefully in the throne room, uh, being found faultless by the grace, by your willingness, Father God, to forgive us and uh, and absolutely forget our sins. Now, uh, as it says in Isaiah forty three twenty five, that you will not remember our sins, Father, and we just praise you for that. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being everything that you have been to all of us for so long. And for the opportunity amidst all of the things that are happening, you know, these big black satanic walls closing in on us from all directions, uh, in the midst of all of that, um, being given the extra time to become more intimate and more 
close to you, to actually feel the presence of the Spirit around about us, and to b- bring us in synchronicity to the har- to uh, to uh, harmonizing our walk with with your Spirit, Father, and your Holy Will. That is where we want to be. That is where we need to be. We need to be able to hear uh, that voice, that still small voice in our ear behind us, saying, "This is the way. Walk in it." Whenever you turn to the left hand, or whenever you turn to the right, Isaiah forty three. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah is. Isaiah 30, 21, we praise your holy name, Father. We need to be in that place. We're excited about the days that we're in right now, but at the same time, they are troubling. They are troubling. From an earthly standpoint, I don't think, you know, uh, even even as uh, Jesus had his moments, uh, we certainly, I would think, would also have our moments as we deal with the flesh bodies and the flesh minds that we've, uh, you know, that we have to deal with while we're here on this, uh, in this place. We'll just leave it at that. Praise God. And we just thank you, Father, for making us all prisoners of Jesus, prisoners of Christ, just like Paul, and help us to be, help us, Father, please, in Jesus' name, to be able to see the opportunities lay those opportunities out before us a little bit more overtly, please, so that we're able to touch other people's lives, say just the right things at just the right times, even if it's said a little bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, to put a smile on somebody's face, because it's a little bit difficult and challenging indeed to uh, be given the right words to say to help somebody understand that, yes, the world is coming to a point of cataclysm. Yes, some pretty horrible things are going to be happening to mankind. Yes, the these things are coming, but yes, indeed, they are glorious, and it is a time for us to rejoice. And we and we need the presence of the Holy Spirit to anoint our very words through our uh, spirit, soul, and mind as we touch other people's lives and stand on the holy ground that you may, and we pray that you will, uh, lead us to as the days progress. And we just give you all the power, the glory, the praise, Father God, because you are amazing. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday, faultless someday, but for the presence of your awesome light, love, mercy, and glory, Father God, in the throne room. We want to be there now, Father. We want to be there now more than anything. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Just like I say all the time, um, you know, you'll have these once in a while radio shows that um, that that in the last three days or so between the prior show, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. I'm kind of uh, don't mean to leave the Friday night prayer vigil program out, but that's so much more. It's it's unbelievably different than no, the normal Wednesday and Sunday programs. <clears throat> um, but uh, between the Wednesdays and Sunday programs, uh, the, the, that give or take three, give or take you know, uh, days of time that go by, there are these days, you know, these shows that will have like, you know, I, I, I can't pinpoint one, but I, I would suggest that last Wednesday might have been kind of one where the news, it, it almost feels like things are starting to slow down. And, and I, you know, uh, you know, the news coming out of the Ukraine is is not um, pr- producing fruit. It almost seems like things are at a standstill there, but that is not the case now. Uh, I'm just using that as an example for the Wednesday program. The Wednesday program, comparatively speaking, did not have a lot of new up up and coming news. Now, granted, if you're somebody who's still focusing on the vaccine issue, which I understand, and but it's not going to go away. It's a sad, sad, sad. It's so sad that I cry about it. I mean, I really do. I ball. Um, and then I have to move on. I got to break free because otherwise I become paralyzed in sadness. And that makes me unfruitful. Uh, and so uh, I, I, you know, me personally, you can, you, you know, we, we all are whoever we are and whoever God made us, emotionally speaking. However, I know what I have to do uh, to get along and uh, to, to do what I believe the Lord wants me to do on any given day. And therefore, even if it's rest, and therefore, I have to, you know, personally, me, I have to break away from that sadness. I have to snap the branch, if you will, or pull out, you know, cut the umbilical cord and move on. Uh, other, because I will genuinely ball, and I will ball for a long time. I will really get ripped up over stuff, uh, you know. And so, uh, you know, essentially, what we're seeing. So I'm going to put this to rest. The reason why I don't talk, and I know a lot of people are stuck in a rut a little bit. I don't. I don't know when this is sound negative, but you know, it, it, to me, it kind of is negative. When when a Christian, a watchman, when anybody gets they they center in on one issue. Now, albeit probably one of the most colossal issues since Noah's flood, so it is a big issue, but it is one issue. Now, when we're when we're you know, I personally believe that given the role of someone who is raising their hand and saying, "I'm a watchman. I'm a watchman." Well, if you're a watchman, then you're not just watching that one enemy. You know, your eyes are not fixated to the left at, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 11 o'clock. You know, I, I, oh, I see an enemy hiding behind that one tree. You know, no, you're looking at a whole portfolio, a big old, you ought to be. You ought to be. 
But I, that, I, I think I see less of, you know, as a general rule, there are a lot of folks out there that are looking at um, a wide array of things, uh, which is good. Um, but there's also, but there's a much larger percentage, just like I predicted about, oh, golly gee, I don't know, two, three, four, five, six months ago. Um, I predicted that people, and you might remember this, um, I, I said with uh, what will happen is the, the American churchianity, mostly the Americans, but other people in other countries as well, because America is Babylon the Great, of course, if they're watching properly, they would want to keep in tune, in touch, you know, with what's going on in the United States. Also, because it's it's no different than keeping your eye on Israel during the end times, because the combination of the two countries together are going to make up the vast majority of God's focal points for judgment in the end times. So naturally, it would be wise to, you know, kind of keep your eyes on them. Um, but but th- th- but I one of the things that I predicted was that because of the Republican, <clears throat> you know, the GOP Republican uh, taking over the majority of, of the House, that there would be an awful lot of people's eyes and ears that would be tremendously focused on everything and anything that has to do with the House. Their eyes and their ears are going to be focused on anything and everything that has to do with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you know, the the House of Representatives, um, Dr. Fauci going to jail, uh, you know, the Twitter files, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I warned, you know, I, I, I don't know if the right word is admonish, to, to warn, to call attention to in a nice way. I don't know how you want to put it. But I basically warned in so many words and as nicely as I could that that's going to be a very unfortunate thing. Because at the end of the day, the stuff that is occurring in the House of Representatives is going to be ultimately unfruitful. Okay, it's a sleight of hand. Now, I'm not going to get into the fact that there are reptilians that are deeply entrenched into the Republican Party. And there's really no such thing as Republicans and Democrats. But there is. But there isn't. That's the problem. It's always going to be all of the above. It's going to. Is it one? Is it? Are are the Republicans good? Are they one? Are they one unity? Are they one way of thinking? Are they all working for the new world order, the global reset? Are they all shapeshifters? You know, no, it's. It's not that simple. It never has been that simple. And anybody who thinks like that is, I'm sorry, but they're just not thinking clearly. Um, their, their critical thinking skills are hampered, um, hindered, and probably non-existent to some, so, to some degree. Now, that being said, um, when you really do wake up and your critical thinking skills are pretty good or they're getting better, you quickly come to the conclusion that you're dealing with a situation in every single aspect of what's going on in the world is those big black satanic walls start to or, or continue to c- collapse in on us. Uh, hopefully, ultimately, those who are chosen to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ, I would like to believe that for every single listener of this program more than anything, and that we would all make the barley harvest, because uh, let me tell you something, you don't want to be here for the wheat harvest, because, uh, well, millions and 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 millions of Christians will have died by then. All right, praise God. There won't be an awful lot. There will be plenty, but there won't be, as, you know, there's an awful lot of people that do not understand the sequence of events that, you know, they don't understand. That, that the the wheat harvest, the final harvest, occurs right in the middle of the day of the Lord. They don't understand that there's going to be a meteor that hits, a mega tsunami that wipes out, uh, wow, the vast majority of the world, really, uh, all brick and uh, stone buildings.
buildings will be collapsed in the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, you know, but the northern parts are where the least amount of, um, <clears throat> you know, seismic activity t- tends to occur. Uh, that's why, you know, but anyway, it, it's all they're not going to real they're not going to understand that that is the point in time where World War III comes to a culmination, uh, you know, and then the submarine-launched nuclear missiles from Russia will wipe out and completely burn from sea to shining sea the United States of Babylon the Great. It, all these things are going to be happening in the midst of the wheat harvest. And, yes, those who are part of the wheat harvest, part of Jesus' Jesus's bride, uh, in the second iteration or the second rescue mission, which is also known as the second watch, which is called out in Luke 12, 35. Uh, sorry, Luke 12, yes, 35, 36, 37, uh, 38. In, in, in those scriptures, you see Jesus coming back from the wedding supper of the Lamb, and uh, he comes back for the second watch. He comes back for the third watch. Okay, So what you've got there is he's coming back for the wheat harvest. He's coming back for the grape harvest. Where is the barley harvest? Where are the first truths? Where's the first watch? They're in heaven already. They're already there. I don't know if we if we get to munch out on Andy's candies or not while we're waiting for the the wheat harvest to join us. I have no idea. I don't know if we get to have you know just hors d'oeuvres, Andy's candies. If we got to wait, you know, if we're, you know what what's going to be going on. I, you know, I would think that Jesus would hold off on the main course and all the really super good stuff uh, at the wedding supper until at least the wheat harvest gets there. Praise God. But boy, I'll tell you, when they get there, I, I figure they're going to have to probably take some sort of a holy shower. I don't know, you know, or maybe, you know, brush off, change some clothes or whatever, because whatever, you know, they're going to have to go through some real bumpy, ugly uh, before they, uh, but then again, you know, if they transform into light beings, like we all ultimately should, uh, then maybe they don't have to, maybe they don't, I don't know, how do the, how's, when you're a light being, how does clothing actually work? I mean, I don't know. It, that whole concept is like this. It just doesn't work in my scientifically found I'm stuck in the hologram. What can I tell? What can I say? I, forgive me, but I'm stuck in the hologram. How does how does anybody explain mass made of light? But yet you still got to have mass, else you can't walk on streets of gold. You see what I'm saying? But it's all made of light because we're light means. I don't know. You know, that's going to be one of my questions. I'm not going to interrupt anything that's going on at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. I'm certainly not going to mess with, uh, you know, interrupt. You know, I might do the Arnold Horshack thing and raise my hand and go, ooh, 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 when Jesus is asking questions and drawing, you know, really cool diagrams in the whiteboard of the sky explaining things. You know, hey, you were you were right, you know, so you get some Andy Scandies. You were wrong. No problem. Big hug for you. You know, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I do kind of wonder what the uh, – what the uh, First Fruits Barley Harvest First Watch Group is going to be doing while we're waiting for the final harvest team, the wheat harvest, to come in. Uh, because, uh, boy, oh, boy, are they going to have to go some, through some awful, awful, awful horrible times here on the earth because people just don't really grasp. There's even some uh, scriptures in the Old Testament, which I do not know where they're located, but um, uh, it, I forget where. Lament- I don't know if it's Lamentations or what, or Ecclesiastes. Maybe not either one of those, but it, 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 there's a paragraph or so in the Old Testament that basically says, you know, who would be – I am so totally paraphrasing and making this up as I go, but the the essential meaning is, you know, you'd have to be out of your ever loving mind to be want to be, want to be on the earth for the day of the Lord. Okay, that's pretty much. I got to find that scripture, you know, because there's so many references to the day of the Lord all over the Bible that, um, you know, doing a word search, it really does take a 
it's, it takes a long time, but it's in there. There is a, uh, a little blurb in there in the Old Testament from one. I think it's one of the minor prophet books, and it, 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 it that's essentially what it says. You know, you've got to be at. Uh, I'm, I'm like I said, paraphrasing. I'm you know this is this is a Johnny Baptist translation, uh, but basically you got to be ever out of your ever loving mind to be want to be here for the day of the Lord. And you know, in the beginning, I, because I didn't understand the barley harvest, the first watch, the second watch, and the third watch, I didn't really understand it at that time. The Lord hadn't. I don't know, revealed it to me. I don't know what you imparted it to me. Uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, but he hadn't shown it to me yet. So to me, I thought to myself when I read that, well, why would I have to be, you know, why would a person want to be out of their ever loving mind? You know, why would you say that in the scripture? I mean, we've obviously got to go through it. Was That was my thinking because I used to think like every like a whole bunch of gazillions of other Christians still believe, which is when the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come down, we go up. No, I am sorry to tell you that that is only applicable to the final harvest, the wheat harvest, those that are here on the earth when those Russian submarine-launched nuclear missiles finally do wipe out Babylon the Great in Revelation 18 is fulfilled, praise the Lord, during the day of the Lord. And the alien invasions and you know everything else that comes along with and the me- you know the meteor that kicks off the great earthquake and and uh you know the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair so there's your three days of darkness and then you know and then you go into your chamber for a little while until the indignation is passed isaiah 20 uh 26 i believe it is i think it is yeah um <clears throat> you know which by the way that indignation is the same indignation that is talked about in isaiah 13 in the beginning of isaiah 13 where our heavenly father brings alien beings uh, by the gazillions uh, down upon the earth to punish the unrighteous, uh, which, by the way, coincides with uh, Revelation 6, 12, and 13, where it says, and the stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. Those are referring, those are, those are metaphorical stars referring to fallen angels, which, by the way, maps itself directly over to Revelation 12, where you see the dragon that is being cast down to the earth, and stars, once again, are referred to as being cast down to the earth with them, which are the fallen angels. So it all comes together in a incredible tapestry of unbelievable harmony and just wonderful things. But one thing that is the greatest epiphany of all, when one learns about the barley harvest versus the wheat or final harvest, when the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come down, we go up. The, The greatest epiphany of all is the fact that you know, is what we're talking about right now. And it's that there's so many people out there that are so focused on when the missile go down, we go up, when the missile go down, we go up. They think that that is the only rapture. And unfortunately, what they don't realize is the context, what's going to be happening on the earth and how horrible it's going to be. They don't get that. They don't know that. Um, And so they're just like looking forward to the time when the missiles come down so they can go up. They don't understand that there's a first fruits and a barley harvest, you know, that whole thing. They don't get that. And that's kind of not an ideal mindset because, again, I now, now, finally, now, thank you, Jesus, I do agree with that scripture, which I have to look up in the Old Testament. If any, and if any of you listeners out there or whatever just happen to stumble across that and you're flipping through your Bible doing a word study or whatever, and you find this, the, the, the uh, passage that I'm talking about where it says, you know, uh, how terrifying the day of the Lord will be and that nobody would, you know, want to be here for it, et cetera. If you find that passage in the Old Testament, wherever it happens to be, Habakkuk or whatever, I have no idea. Um, 
hey, do me do me a you know a kind favor, and I'll share it with everybody else on the on the radio program, all the listeners, uh, on a, on a, on a future program. If you find it before I do, which you probably will, because uh, well, who knows? You know, maybe I'll flip around and try to find it. You know, tomorrow morning or something. Um, but but if I don't, you know, and you beat me to it, please do send it to jbaptist seven 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 at gmail dot com. Three sevens, three is a big number for Jesus. You know, three days. You know, the whole thing. I mean, you know, rise, rise from the dead, and three, 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 three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I mean, big deal. So, um, jbaptist seven 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 at gmail dot com, and uh, and and I thank you very much, and I'll share it with the other people, and God will bless you. I believe that with all of my heart. I think that any time that we do it, make a contribution to our Father, uh, our Father's mission, which is to bring in as many of us, bring as many of us back home as possible. Um, and I think uh, God, I I know that the Bible says that He blesses us. Uh, it's all over the place. And anyway, praise God. Um, you know, especially, but it's got to come from love. That is the most important thing. All right. So anyway, praise God. Um, tonight, I don't want to waste too much more time babbling about that. Although it is an incredibly interesting subject, because I, I you know, keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this earth. <clears throat> You know, uh, we really have to – wow, that has to become a reality in our walk now more than ever before. Um, otherwise, you'll be like me you know, until you can snap the branch and pull yourself out of the sadness. But um, there's a lot of sadness. If you, when you are awake and aware, especially when you are awake and aware to the point that we are on this program – that is, if you understand all the different things that we're talking about. Now, if you don't understand all the things that, you, that we're talking about, please do not be shy. Please send me an email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I will kindly answer your email. I really will. But but the only thing I ask is if you um, if you do, uh, please don't – you know, please try to keep it like – you know, like in a paragraph or just a few questions at a time, because if it's like really, 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 really big and I have to set aside a couple of hours to work on it, um, you know, an answer, it just makes it so much harder. If I can do it in little bitty bite-sized chunks, I can give you answers much more efficiently and much more comprehensively. Praise God. So um, I'm always happy to do that. All right. Now, that, 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 but like I said, that's interesting to think about. All those things are. Now, today and also on this program, there's been a shift. Now, like I said, I've, I've said this a gazillion times. I don't even know how many times. Whenever we have those slow days where there isn't a lot of apocalyptic news and things look like they're starting to slow down a little bit, it kind of like it's weird because, well, I am – I feel the best. I feel the most excited. I feel the most jacked up about Jesus coming as I can possibly be. When the black walls are closing in faster and faster and faster, when those black walls are are not closing in quickly and things seem to be slowing down, slowing down, slowing down, it, it makes me pace the floor. I, I get ants, ants in my pants. I can't help it. I, I, you know, tribulation now. Right. Tribulation now. You know, and so to me, uh, all these things, you know, the black walls closing in the, the you know, these ah, <laughs> apocalyptic things, 
this stuff is what excites me. This stuff because we know we know so much. Praise God, He has been so awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. He has been so amazingly awesome to us, and uh, over all of these years, what a learning experience, what a whooping, and you know, going out behind the barn several times. But it, you know what? The net end result is so exciting because we have such a grasp uh, on um, what's coming. We don't know how long we're going to be here. I have completely eradicated, you know, I I like to look at the dates, but I'm not going to speculate because God is always going to trip us up on that one. That's for sure. God's not in a hurry. Uh, (laughs) If any of us haven't learned that by now, oh, my. But anyway, um, got some interesting new, I, I am going to be throwing some dates out there, but these are not. You know, these are highly speculative, and they're associated with some of the information that I'm going to share with you tonight that is colossally troubling. Now, is it troubling or is it exciting? I guess it depends on your viewpoint. It's troubling when you look at it from the flash. It is highly exciting when you look at it from, hey, we're going home pretty soon. It's especially highly exciting when you look at it from a, hey, I really, really hope, you know, uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Uh, you know, so through our faith, we hope uh, we we ought to be hoping as much as possible, right, that we are part of the barley harvest. If there's anything that is unclean, un- impure, anything that, you know, needs to be improved in our walk or whatever, you know, to please our Father, uh, to walk in harmony of, of his will, to fall in love with him, to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, it's got to happen now. We don't want to put any of that off because there's a reason why the foolish virgins had to kind of, you know, Sorry, you can't come with us. You know, we you got to go get some more oil. Well, we don't want to be in a position where we got to go, go get some more oil when the barley ship is leaving, if you know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, so anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so it, it is once again looking more and more like we are going to have uh, this big Trump event in 2024, which was my prediction. I stuck with it, and I'm still sticking with it. I uh, predicted and will maintain this prediction unless something changes. And God, this is highly dynamic. This is highly dynamic. And God does call audibles, and it's all over the Bible. Um, so we don't, you know, we can't write these things down on Moses's tablets, you know, and walk around and proclaim them because. Well, we've hopefully we've learned our lesson by now because I've done plenty of that already. All right, praise God. But uh, at this stage, it does does definitely appear that Trump will, you know, there'll be the Trump thing in 2024, which is really right around the corner. And then you've got, um, uh, you know, the, the prophecies, dreams, and visions, many of which several people we've brought on the program historically, uh, who have seen uh, a casket. Um, associated with, and I've also mentioned time and time and time and time and time again, the supernatural nature of how God, God speaks through street signs, through billboards, through uh, donkeys. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, God speaks, there is no limit to how our Heavenly Father can speak to us. Now, once we understand that, and then we hear, you know, Bill Gates coming out, on oh my gosh what a hundred it was re it was re 
It you know there was an interview with Gates, and then it you know when it just exploded like a fireworks, and it was on all kinds of media worldwide. Uh, in uh, the early part of 2016, uh, where Bill Gates had said do- he saw Donald Trump as being the next JFK. Now, why would in the world would one of the most satanic entities on the earth care about any of that? Well, it, it, it was an Illuminati, essentially an Illuminati communication that he's like JFK, wink. Wink. Get it? All right. So that was uh, satanic, shape-shifting, entity gates way of saying he's going to get killed, shot. All right. Now, um, and that's just how it works. That's how the, how the Illuminati communicate. Um, then you have – now, this had to be from God, in my opinion. Okay. Now, you could see that there was probably somebody in the White House that don't, don't, don't. You know, uh, set it all up and, you know, co- co- you know, marketing coordinators and all this kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, the message that was sent was only visible to those who had the spiritual acuity to be able to see it. And that was uh, the right after the pandemic started to hit the United States. Uh, Donald Trump did this big, you know, communications to the world, you know, this address. And he had Brett Bear, And I, I can see the ladies. I can see her blonde lady, very, very pretty. I don't think she's with Fox anymore. But anyway, uh, so Brett Bear and this blonde lady were on the opposite side of the Lincoln Memorial. And Donald Trump was on the opposite side of them. Okay, so here you have this major presidential address in this most troubling period of time associated with the pandemic. They're separated by the distance of the uh, uh, Lincoln because, you know, the pandemic and they didn't want to, you know, they're trying to set examples on a blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, the imagery that's, that uh, was projected into the hearts, minds, souls, you know, uh, spirits of the people of the world, hopefully. Now, some of it's subliminal uh, to those who are unbelievers or those who are marginal and baby Christians. Uh, but, but to those of us who are pretty, you know, advanced in our walk with the Lord, that spiritual communication was like a megaphone being, you know, shoved right up beside your head. Okay, and that was Abraham Lincoln. What? Killed by assassination. There's Donald Trump sitting there in front of it. So when you put all these things together, and by the way, don't forget, you know, how Biden, they, you know, how they staged up Biden making this, you know, official statement about the Republican right being the greatest enemy and terrorist of, uh, you know, a terrorist enemy of the country of the United States. Uh, and when he made that address, he had military uh, personnel uh, behind him, Marines with weapons. Uh, it was very red and dark purple, which are the satanic colors used in, in masses, black masses and things like that. And, um, you know, it, it was very reminiscent of uh, Hitler speaking in the darkest times of Nazi Germany. Um, that all was highly, highly intentional. Um, that symbolism was all up Klaus Schwab, all, you know, the global reset, all the satanic, you know, the rise of the Fourth Reich stuff. All right. So anyway, so when you see these things with, with a, an awake and aware spirit, all of a sudden, man, it just 
it man oh man i don't even know how to explain it i mean it just absorbs right into you like a sponge and and, and it becomes uh, it, it's ingrained into your it really and it it I don't even know. I'm stuttering because I don't even know how to express it. And when I stutter, let me tell you something. That means it's a pretty complicated, you know, it's a complex thing to try to explain. All I can say is, wow, okay, like, wow, with super-duper 40-point aerial bold red flashing text, wow. All right, now, all that being said, then you, so you have this time window between 2024 and 2028. At what point is it that Trump uh, and the casket go together? We don't know. First year, second year, third year, is it within the first couple of weeks of him being, who knows? When is it going to happen? We don't know. We don't know. But the stage has been set. The communique has gone out. It, some of the communique was spiritual. See, it's one thing if it's the Illuminati saying it only. Then you really got to put it at arm's length. But when you got the Lincoln Memorial event, Wow. And then to further solidify it, you have Melania doing that whole Rose Garden thing, which is a parallel to uh, Jackie Onassis. And then when you know that Kennedy and Onassis families are part of the, you know, they're, they're part of the top 13 Illuminati bloodlines, you know, it really snaps together tight. You know, it's really hard to disassemble that. But when you add in the spiritual, I mean, the, I don't believe not for a millisecond that, the, that there was somebody in the Illuminati that said, hey, Donald Trump, go, to the, go do your address in front of the Lincoln Memorial. I don't believe that for a second. I, I believe that that was a highly spiritual message coming from our Heavenly Father for those who could receive it, like Jesus would say all the time, if you can receive it. Can you imagine out of the 8 billion people in the world right now, what percentage of those even noticed it? even noticed what I'm talking about right now? What do you think that percentage is? How many zeros do you put after the decimal point? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, praise God. So you, And then what I'm about to share with you uh, goes up to the year of 2030. Now, 2030, it sends ripples of cringing, cringing ripples into my very, everything that, Every part of part and particle of my quantum makeup in this in this hologram just I know just freaks out. I don't even want to think about that far in advance, but that is supposedly or round about the official date that I would be eligible to get my full uh, social security, which I will need every penny of because. But anyway, hopefully you know I don't none of us have to worry about that, and we can get evacuated out of here before then. Now. Um, but 2030 is a marker date. I just want you to put that in your head, 2030, marker date. Does that date float? Does that ch date change? Well, that's up to our Heavenly Father. He's in charge of the time. God, thank you, Jesus. But in the midst of that time frame, 2024 to 2030, which sounds like it's a, oh, gosh, is that an awful long time, but we're really only talking about seven years. And could that be the first seven years, you know, uh, of what, what some people like to refer to as the tribulation period, the people who are real big on the seven plus seven thing? Well, you know what? Maybe so. Um, although, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of... You could make some pretty significant arguments for that being 
True. And I will say one of the things that, that makes me semi-comfortable with that possibility is the fact that I know that, that in Daniel 9.27, there is a significant mistranslation of the text, and that um, what they missed was the alien invasion that's actually in Daniel 9.27. And I'm not going to get into it. Uh, I don't have time. All right, simple as that. But but the, And by the way, that alien invasion is in the Bible. Okay, I, I, I just covered it. Um, fig tree shaken like a mighty wind, stars fall from the sky, all that stuff. Isaiah 13, you know, everything. All right, so it's so all over the Bible and so in your face, but you have to be awake and aware to it. And once you are, then you can plug it in. Eventually, if you keep on seeking the Lord, he will help you to plug it in pretty much to the right, you know, place. Uh, in the in the end times, you know, in the event-driven, event-driven biblical end times timeline, okay? Event-driven, not date-driven, not season-driven, not... Well, season is a nebulous word, but you know, uh, you know, not. I'm talking about like this winter or that spring or you know whatever. Um, I'm not going there. All right, praise God. But I am sharing these dates because these dates are earthly dates that are associated with major events that um, are target events. You know, it's highly unlikely that the 2024 election date is not going to be a reality. All right, so. It, it merits mentioning that date, certainly for all of the reasons that we just covered. Praise God. I just wanted to bring that up. Also, in the middle of this 2024, and I've got a lot to share with you tonight. Folks, I'm going to run out of time. Dagnabbit! Okay. Uh, Civil War, the power grid going out. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, Sister Terry, hang in there for me if you are listening uh, in advance like you do sometimes. Uh, I'm probably going to run 15 minutes past 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I think that would be, oh, dear Lord, probably 5, 15 year time. So hang in there for me. Um, but there's just so much apocalyptic end time stuff that I have to get out right now because it's th- th- this show <clears throat> is the opposite of last Wednesday's. All right. Now, um, and for any of you who were troubled by the Wednesday show disappearing for a while, I had to take I had to clip out a couple of those moments where it didn't occur to me that um, Brother Stevens' number was being broadcast, and so I had to pull the show down, edit it out, upload the show again, and let me tell you that's no small task, especially because my editor is just. Not acting very good. We'll just leave it at that. I have some more colorful words I'd like to use, but I think I'll avoid them. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, uh, Civil War, the power grid going down, the Chicago nuke that kicks off World War III. We talked about that with uh, you know, sister, you know with, um, uh, with with the, the program that we did with uh, Sister Rachel ba- ba- Baxter. Okay. Uh, World War III. How long does it last? We don't know. Uh, Gog and Magog, uh, which includes the United States of Babylon the Great. How long? We don't know exactly. Uh, North Korea, we know they're going to sink an aircraft carrier. Did they do it before World War III, or did they do it in the midst of World War III? We don't know. We know that Israel is going to shoot two, two tactical nukes from the bottom of a jet into the Ford Al facility, uh, which is where, they're, where they got the centrifuges to enrich the uranium and make a bomb in Iran. Okay, when's that going to happen? We don't know. We don't know. We just know that these things are in the list. There's a whole bunch of other things that are still on the list, too. Of course, we got the Cascadia subduction zone event. We got another major uh, earthquake in the southern part of California. Uh, we've got a lot of people who are still focusing and thinking about um, 
the New Madrid fault thing, um, I, I'm not so sure that's going to happen even when – I think that might be part in, – in, you know, happening during God's wrath. That, I think that might be down the road, long past even when – you know. So, so anyway, I just, I just don't have enough confirmations on that. I know a lot of people focus on it, but I, I, I don't. I just don't see it as a big event. Not now. I'm focused on us getting out of here. That's what I want to do. That's what that's my calling. All right. And, and that's one of the reasons why God called me in as part of my calling to focus an awful lot on the alien thing in the Bible, because it's a really, 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 really big thing in the Bible. And if you don't know about the aliens in the Bible and you don't understand how they fit into the end times timeline, then guess what? You don't get it. I'm sorry, but you just plain don't get it. And that's OK. Doesn't mean you can't do wonderful things for the Lord. But you certainly can. But you're going to miss. You're going to miss a whole lot of super important stuff. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and also, just so you know, FYI, there's uh, a lot of chatter. We'll just call it chatter. Um, I'm not going to say that it's biblical chatter. I'm not going to say that it's godly chatter. I'm not going to say it's probably all of the above, really, that there's an, uh, about to be another version of a pretty horrible, you know, pretty bad, impactful uh, flu pandemic-like thing being released. But I, I think that might just be hyper-freak-outedness because, like I was saying earlier, there are people who get stuck, and they get stuck real hard. And so in their world, they're still stuck counting dead bodies associated with the people who took the um, <clears throat> you know, the uh, 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 vax, you know? And they're saying, oh, my gosh, look at all of these, uh, you know, young athletes, all these people between the age of 20 and 40 that are dropping dead. Look at all these people that have, you know, blood clots and they're just, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. <clears throat> Still not 100 percent. It's amazing how long that thing that hangs on. It's just unbelievable. But anyway, um, um, people get stuck. I mean, I see a lot of people get stuck. They cannot let go of the – and I'm like, wow. That, then guess what? The Illuminati got you, man. Because if you can't let go of the vax thing and move on to the stuff that we're talking about right now, Satan got you. You're, you're out. You're, you, you're stuck in a rut. I'm sorry, but you are. And there's a lot of people stuck in that rut. They can't break free for their lives. The only thing that they can think about, the only thing that they care about, the only thing that they watch YouTube videos on, the only thing is the vax. That's it. That's where they are. That's where they're staying. They are stuck like, like a fly on flypaper. They cannot get loose. All right. Praise God. And in the meantime, the world is going to tick, 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 tick and keep on going. And I'm going to share with you what uh, it's huge. All right, I'm going to introduce this with a fanfare because that's how big of a deal this is. All right, now before I hit the fanfare button, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful good work, and everybody hits a home. I won't say everybody, but there's a lot of folks that hit home runs now and then. This is a home run of all home runs, Okay. And I don't even think Glenn Beck realizes – maybe he does. Actually, I guess he does because he wrote a book about it. And he's got, got a sequel book coming out. I'm going to get both of them and read them very closely, although I probably know the vast majority of stuff in the book already. But this is huge. Now, I've been watching the ESG dynamic. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. 
I've been watching it for a long time. I've been exceedingly curious about it and the impact and the timeline and how long will it take to hit the United States. Um, it has, it's very similar to the social score that they're given the Chinese and stuff that can keep them. You know, it's bad enough that you got to worry about your financial uh, scores and things like that in order to be able to get a, you know, rent an apartment, et cetera. But um, this is so much worse. In fact, what I'm going to tell you, because I can't really, I'm going to let Glenn do his thing. It's going to take a while, too. And I'm really sorry, Terry. Please forgive me. Uh, if you want to run 30 minutes overtime tonight, do it. Just go ahead and do it. I am 100% behind you. It will make it onto the podcast. So please feel free to, I, you know, to take, you know, to just run into overtime and go all the way up to the 10, minus, the 10 Eastern time. Take, go to 10, 10 o'clock. Uh, just like we did in OT with Stephen Benjamin, but there's a, there's too much I have to get out. It's just way too important. It's all important. Terry's message is fantastically important, but this is end of the world. This is huge. This is the mark of the beast. Yes, you did hear me say the mark of the beast. Sorry, but let me tell you something. Whew. When you have the blood pressure meds that I got, you got to drink water. Mm. Okay. So, have you heard me talk about, a lot about the mark of the beast? No, you haven't. I've I've I brought up a number of articles associated with electronic tattoos. I've you know, but I don't. I I until now, I've been watching very closely, and now I know. And Glenn Beck nailed it, but I don't think he sees it connecting to the mark of the beast. I know as a fact that it is the quintessential. There is nothing, nothing on the earth, nothing on the earth, except the ESG requirements that are already in progress. They're already being pushed down. So while everybody's looking at the Republicans in the House, while everybody's hoping that the Twitter files are going to be released, while everybody's dreaming that Fauci will get arrested, while everybody's staring at the latest vaccination death stats and everything, they're missing. The mark of the beast is coming. It is heading directly at us like a freight train, and it is going to be driven entirely by the ESG system. You understand? That's how big this is. Oh, my goodness. I told – oh, we are just – okay. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that Sister Terry Hill hears my voice. And I pray in the name of Jesus that she please takes the the – goes all the way to the 10 p.m. slot tonight because I forgot I told – I had no idea that this this unbelievably critical biblical news needed to get out tonight. And I apologize to everybody involved, and I completely forgot that I told I, – I have it here right in front of me. I just got notified that I need to bring on Brother Sammy, and I want to go ahead and bring him on right now. Hallelujah. However, I am looking for his number, and I do not see him. I do not see him, and that may be because maybe I told him eight o'clock. Oh dear Lord, what I don't, I can't remember. I'm getting hammered. I've got folks. Oh gosh, folks, if you could see my emails, it's just don't get me wrong. It's not normally like that, but with this job thing going on, I'm just getting peppered with emails. And can you meet me here? Can you can, can you can, you know? Are you available between ten and eleven? Blah, 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 blah. It's just it's never ending, and it's just coming at me from a thousand different directions, and I can't juggle it all fast enough. And I don't. I have to rest my brain because if I don't, I just 
I don't know. It's, it's part of my personality if I can't rest my – so I'm looking at the call doc, and I do not see Brother Sammy. So what I'm going to do, because i got to do a bazillion quadrillion things, is I'm going to look up Sammy's number. All right. And I got it right here in front of my eyes. Um, and I am going to – oh, if I play this. Okay. So what I'm going to do – in the interest of time, and I beg you, Sister Terry, please go to 10 o'clock if you possibly can, and please forgive me. All right, I'm going to play this. This is an 11-minute snippet of audio from Glenn Beck. Please, please, please listen very, very, very closely, okay? This may be the most important 11 minutes of audio you hear in your entire life on this planet. I hope you heard what I said. All right. I'm going to play it right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. The scoring system, it's about to be codified in the EU. And here's how this is going to affect you. There are about, I can't remember what the standard is, but there's about 15 companies that will fall under this umbrella. Ford is one. McDonald's is another. Oh, it's way more than that. Oh, oh, is it oh, yeah, yeah. American companies? Yeah, oh yeah. We're talking probably at least hundreds, probably thousands. Mm, of I saw companies. I only saw lifts at about fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so here's what here's how this is going to affect. If you read the first book, The Great, Re- Great Reset, you know that one of its um, um one of its benefits to the other side, the dark side, is it has tentacles everywhere. And the, the insidious part of it is it just doesn't affect the company. It affects everyone in the chain of that company. So every, every company that drives a truck for that company, they're delivering the goods. Uh, everybody that makes a widget for that company, makes paper for that company, whatever it is, every single company must uh, be part of the ESG uh, program, or they cannot do business with them. Now, just let's just imagine McDonald's, and this is coming because Europe is adopting the ESG standards as law, mandatory, as, mandatory. Yeah. So every company that does business in Europe will have to adhere to those standards. So think about McDonald's. Um, Every corporation, every company, every mom and pop farmer that grows potatoes or meat will have to adhere to the EU standards. Otherwise, you'll lose McDonald's. But it's not just that you have to grow them the way they want grown and adopt their you know, environmental and social justice standards, but even the potato farmer, anyone who supplies him – also has to abide by ESG standards. The tentacles of this thing will change America just because we do business with the EU. Yes, yes. This is a fundamental transformation of 
the entire Western world of all of Europe, Canada, overnight. and the United States, essentially overnight. Uh, they've they've already moved it through. There's there's sort of three bodies in the European Union that make that that are involved in lawmaking, and it's already been approved by all three of them in some degree. Right now, they're just trying to figure out how do we reconcile our slight differences. I've looked right. at all of them. They're all basically the same with just small changes. And you're exactly right. The way it works is large companies that operate in Europe, which is basically the vast majority of large companies in the United States, have a certain amount of revenue in Europe. That means they have to adhere to the ESG system, which means they have to impose it on everyone in their entire supply chain globally, no matter who they are, where they work, how large they are, etc. And if they don't have an ESG score for that company, because the company's like, I'm not doing it, they cannot buy the products. So the score has to be done in America. It has to be done or you can't do business with, for instance, Ford. Yep. Ford doesn't make all of the parts to everything. Ford doesn't make the rubber, doesn't make the radios, doesn't make the seats. All of that is outsourced. Yes. If, it, if that company wants to continue to work with Ford, then they must have a score. They must be... EU, ESG compliant, and every company they work with also. So you're buying leather from somebody and you're making seats. That leather company, if the leather is working with a farmer to get the raw leather, yeah. that farmer has to be yeah. ESG compliant. You could just be the, the transportation company that transports the leather to the factory that's part of the supply chain. Right. And, and so Europe isn't going to be imposing the rules on those people. They're going to be imposing it on Ford. And then Ford is going to impose it on all of these they people down to. the supply chain. They have no choice. And what they'll do is they'll reach out to all their suppliers. And we, have, we know of examples of this happening. I just had a lawmaker tell me this yesterday or the day before. They know of specific examples of this already starting to occur. But you'll have these big companies. They go to the smaller ones and they say, how many electric cars do you have? How many of this? They have a whole survey of questions. And then depending on how you answer it, they'll say, okay, well, if you want to keep doing business with us, you're going to have to improve X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, you can't do business with us anymore. And that's all from this entire – it's because it goes up the supply chain. Somebody at the top, whether it's the European Union at some point in the future or it's BlackRock who owns most of the shares of the company or whatever it is, someone is saying you have to enforce this all the way down the line. So this is not just about Ford. It's not just about McDonald's. It is about – every other part of the economy that's going to get wrapped up in this. And by the time you count up all the different companies and you go down the chain of every big company in America that's going to be uh, forced to adhere to this in Europe because it's only big companies, 150 million euros or so in uh, revenue in Europe, um, that are going to be uh, forced to adhere to the specific European Union version of this. Um, but by the time you count them all up and you go down their supply chains, it's basically everybody. There's almost no one who is going to be caught up in this. And that's the whole point. That's the point. That's why they're doing it. So this is, in my opinion, even though you're not going to hear this story everywhere, you got to listen to shows like this to hear it. you got to listen to Glenn Beck and The Blaze and, and places like that. But in my opinion, this is the most important story, period. If you're talking yeah, about He's transforming right. society, right. this is the story. Because we've only told you half of it. We've just told you half of the story. Let me give you the other half. Same story, but there's even more that is going to be affected. Correct me if I'm wrong, but here's the other shoe. This goes up 
and down the supply chain. So you, let's say you're Nestle, which is a giant European company. They buy something from America to put into their products. That means the American companies have to change. This also means every bank that wants to do business in Europe has got to be on board with ESG. Every bank. So, so interestingly, the most recent version draft of this put a carve out for financial institutions. Thank God. And but but mm-hmm. they said we will allow individual countries in the European Union to decide if they're going to enforce that for their companies based in that country. Of course, the banks aren't going to be hurt by any of this. They're going no. to love all this. Of course. Um, the but the the other shoe here is that when Nestle sells, you can't sell to countries, companies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that don't have a high ESG. You're not supposed to buy or sell. If you're part of the supply chain in any way at all, then yes. Now, if you're a customer, they've now tried to change it so that, because in the original one, it was even, you have to look at your customers, essentially. Right, but if I go to, let's say I'm providing, you know, chocolate milk, I'm Nestle, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to provide chocolate milk for all the vending machines and all the hospitals. Yep. That would apply to ESG standards, would it not? Not individuals, but yeah, for the hospitals yeah. or big bulk buyers. I, I believe so, yes. But, but it depends on the version, and that's one of the things they're arguing about. Thank is, God. Yeah, because, because of exactly what you're saying, but in the most radical version of it, which was uh, proposed by the European Parliament, which is really one of the most important parts of all of this, they wanted – it's the most far-reaching version. It would be the banks would be included in it. It would be every – up and down the and supply chain. And the only chain. reason why they won't do that is because they need people to buy European products. Yeah. Um, they don't care if you're going to sell them stuff to make products as much as – Buy the products, right. please buy the products, or it will be a complete collapse of their economy. It's going to end up as a collapse and total control of your entire life, yes. where you live, what you eat, where you work, how you work, all of it, all of it. And, and it's about to be passed in the EU. Yes, and this is just – and this is what's – this is really important for people to understand. As bad as all of that is – it's actually worse. <laughs> it's actually See, that's why worse. we're having a hard it's time actually, naming this book because it really is. It's worse than you think. It's worse because imagine now all of these issues and concerns we have, but you're 20 years into the future or 10 years into the future even, and now you have all of this new technology that has been from the very Target beginning of its development embedded with all of this ESG stuff right from the mm-hmm. very beginning. You know, imagine what the world would be like if the Internet had been designed with ESG from the start. And that's the only Internet we've ever known. Zero freedom. Yeah, that's what all the technology in the future is being embedded with. That's what the great is all about, really. That's what the book is going to focus on. And that's the next part of all of this. And that's the most terrifying aspect of it. I mean, you want to talk about your life changing, not being able to escape, every part of everything you used to know being just disappearing. Um. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen if we don't stop it. Buy hardbound copies of books and uh, preserve things, really, sincerely. <clears throat> All right. And I'm going to bring on Brother Sammy here in a second, and then I, I'm begging, uh, beseeching uh, Sister Terry to go all the way to 10 o'clock Eastern. 
uh, run over time tonight. And then if you want to hear her message, you'll have to call in to the number. I'll give it to you just before. But this information is too important. So it is so important that words cannot describe. Now, let me fill in the blanks for you because it's my duty for God. Okay. Otherwise, why even bother to do the radio show? I mean, honest to goodness. That's how big this is. Understand, do you think it's a coincidence that just, just a coincidence, do you think it's a coincidence? I'm going to be 61 in March. Do you think it's a coincidence that I happen to work in the regulatory business? Do you think it's a coincidence that I happen to be working for some of the biggest companies in the world right now that are under, because of some regulations, there's two of them in particular that are hitting the automotive industry. Every single, how many microchips do you think are in a car today? Have you driven a 2023 car yet? It's like driving a robot. It's so electronic, it's absolutely, it will fry your mind. It will change your perception of reality if you get one that's fully loaded. They are basically cell phones with wheels. Every single microchip in that vehicle, every single electronic assembly in that vehicle, for every single automotive manufacturer in the world, Hyundai, you name it, uh, it doesn't matter, Toyota, uh, BMW, uh, Porsche, Ford, it doesn't matter, GMC, how many electronic pieces do you imagine might be in all those different cars and all those different brands of cars? A million? How many different manufacturers and companies out there, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's like, oh, I don't want to give you false information, but it's so critical to get your mind around this. How many companies are in the U.S.? Did you know that there are 10.75 million, million, 10.75 million companies as of March 2020 in the United States? All right. No, wait a minute. I take that. I take that back. Um, this no, that's the that's the employees. Okay, sorry. Hold on. So by twenty twenty six, the United States is projected to have. Well, this is still a huge number. One hundred and twenty six thousand two hundred and fifty one companies in just the U.S. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to help, trying to help you envision is that every one of those companies that are making those chips. Anything electronic that goes into a car is being forced. It's an, exis, it's an existential threat. In other words, they will, in fact, go out of business if they do not become compliant with the regulations that I am certified. I'm, I'm an expert in them. I'm not certified, and there is no certification for these. They're too new. But I'm here to tell you. These, these um, regulations that I personally am responsible for helping certain companies become compliant with them, these aren't even the ESG stuff. Now, what are the odds that I would be doing a show called Tribulation Now? 
I would be involved in the regulatory compliance. I would be actually – I'm helping companies who are freaking out. They're panicking because they have to be compliant with these regulations. And if they don't hurry up and meet the deadline, they're going to have to shut down. They're going to lose millions and millions of dollars, and they're going to have, lose hundreds of thousands of employees in some cases. And these aren't even the ESG regulations. It's just a coincidence that I happen to work in this industry and I'm intimately involved in this, what they're talking about. So when they're talking about the ESG stuff, what that is is environmental, social, and governance. Environmental means, just like the guy said, how many electronic trucks are you running right now? That's not enough. You've got to have more. How, how, much, you know, how many LGBT, LMNOP employees do you have? Do you have any homosexuals on your board of directors? You don't? Oh, I'm sorry. You don't qualify. You understand where I'm going with this? Because I'm not exaggerating. Then there's the governance. You know, how much do you snap down? How much do you put the hammer down on people that don't follow the rules, that don't play with the, the – you've got to work and play well. You've got to, you know, get rid of – you've got to voluntarily get rid of your gas stove. They're serious about this stuff, folks. I'm trying to tell you, this is going to be – they're going to regulate how many eggs we can eat in a week. You're only allowed to have two eggs in one week. You're only allowed to buy three pieces of clothing in a year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're already putting into practice these things called the 15-minute uh, uh, something test. And at, at two different places, in Oxfordshire and another place in the United Kingdom, and people are already protesting against it. And they're testing it right now, live. One of the companies that I am working with right now I am currently assigned to them. I cannot mention their name, but they are a global company. On their website, they have an ESG page to talk to the whole world about how ESG they are. It's coming down. We are each you. You, Brother, brother uh, Sammy Mwangi, you are going to have to have an ESG scoring, and it's going to show up on your license. That's how they're going to start out with it. They're going to, I, I, I suspect they will color code it. All right. You, Sister Terry Hill, waiting in the queue, you are going to have to get an ESG score. This is before the mark of the beast. It's a predecessor to the mark. But you have to understand that this score, if you don't play by these rules, your credit card is not going to work when you stick it in the vending machine to get that, that Nestle's chocolate milk or whatever they were just talking about on the Glenn Beck show. The tentacles of this evil is going, to, is going to wrap itself around every single aspect of our lives. You, 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 oh, you say you're retired and you're getting Social Security. No, you're not. Not anymore. Not if you don't meet the requirements of the ESG scoring. Told people on this radio show over a year ago that they were going to come for the retirees, that they're coming after your money. They're coming after your car. They're coming after everything that you have, and they're going to use this ESG environmental. How good are you to the environment? Are you using an electrical stove? Are you using a gas stove? They're going to cut the LNG off in the United States. There isn't even going to be gas feeds anywhere. They're going to, they're going to make sure that you are totally loving and totally accepting in all things, that you love drag queens and sex change operations for six-year-olds, six and you're totally in on it. And if you have been outspoken in any way, your ESG score will go into the toilet and you won't be able to eat. 
I hope you are getting the size of this problem. This is exactly what they are going to use to usher in the mark of the beast. They are going to force, just like the Holy Bible says. It says that he, oh gosh, I wish I had the scripture open, but um, it it doesn't say he forces people to take the mark of the beast, but it, it almost sounds like forcing. The point I'm trying to make here is that's how sinister and evil that this is it. This is it. I have been waiting my whole life to see, to wonder, in wonderment, wondering how in the world are they going to get, you know, everybody's out there going, oh, this is the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. UPC codes are the mark of the beast. The American Express card is the mark of the beast. The, the, the vaccination is the mark of the beast. Everything's the mark of the beast. Everything's the mark of the beast. No, it's not. What I just played for you, folks, I promise you, I promise you, is exactly the mechanism that will be used to make each and every one of you wonder how you're going to feed your kids, wonder how you're going to drive your car, wonder how you're going to wake up the next day and be able to do anything, because if you don't have that ESG score on your driver's license, you don't get to play. You're cut off. Their target for having the ESG system and the global reset completed is 2030. Donald Trump, 2024, likely assassination, civil war event, World War III, aliens arriving. It's a fact. It's all over the Bible. Just got to be able to see it. This is all lined up. It's all queued up in the next seven years. And what I just played for you, in fact, the mechanism that they will use to get people to say, wait a minute, we're being told we got to get our ESG score or else we're not going to be able to shop at Publix. We're not going to be able to shop at Walmart. We're not going to be able to get any food for our kids. We're not going to be able to put gas in our cars. And when they start going that direction, which they will soon enough, that's when they're going to coerce. And that's not the word that the Bible uses, but they might as well use that word when they're talking about, But you know, uh, it means coerce. That's one of the synonyms of the word when they're talking about that Satan coerces people to take the mark. That's it. And that is the point of no return. It ain't the VAX. It ain't the UPC code. It ain't the American Express card. It's none of the things that everybody's been saying all of these years. Like I've been telling people, no, 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 no. What it is is it's what I just played for you. That's it. You want, to see the, you want to see the predecessor of the Mark of the Beast? Guess what? I just introduced you to it. Welcome to the end of the end of the end of times. We are right on top of it right now. The date now is 1-15-2023, January the 15th of 2023. The time now is 8-17-8-18 p.m. Mark that time because you just heard it here. You know now exactly what you're looking for when you're, oh, I'm worried about the mark of the beast. Well, guess what? You know what you're looking for now because that's it. It's coming right. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. It requires you to have an electronic tattoo in your hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you're going to eventually get to the point where it's not going to be on your driver's license. They're going to coerce you to get into line if you want to eat. 
anyway, praise God. So on that note, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and bring on Brother Sammy to give testimony. Then we're going to bring on Sister Terry, and um, and uh, she's going to run over time because she's got a lot to share tonight, uh, and hopefully she can. And um, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Sammy. We haven't heard from him in a while, and I know he's got an awful lot going on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And so here we go. Here's Brother Sammy. Brother Sammy, are you there? I'm here, John. Can you hear me? Yep, you sound great. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm grateful to come again. I can't actually remember the last time I was here. I'm sure it's maybe several weeks ago now, but it's always my joy to come. And you know what? I just I just uh, took up the scripture that you are uh, talking about so that I can read it uh, here. It's Revelation 13, 16. It says this, it also forced all people, great and small, on their right hand or on their forehead, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So actually it says it also forced all people. So what you're saying is very true and it's good that, you know, you, you bring these reminders to people all the time. It's very important. In fact, John, as you talked I remember that an organization we had, uh, you know, they were raising money for people. They are called Global Giving, and they had accepted us. Uh, and then later on, they wrote me an email. They said, oh, we have seen that you people require people to pray before you help them, so you cannot qualify. And as you as you said, it's, it's true. Oh, we're going to have a lot of problems going on, you know, Christian churches, organizations, you know, being uh, – uh, uh, being being taken out of the systems and we're already feeling that heat. But, you know, it's better to be on God's side uh, than receive any help from anybody else. So, wow, good coming again, John. Um, let me, I'll just give a few highlights. I think I haven't come since I was in, in Pakistan in October. Uh, that was my time round. We had great, great attendance of the meetings, uh, people coming in their thousands to hear the gospel. And when I was there, I was remembering John. He told me about uh, this lady who was in Lahore and, and who, you know, suffered so much persecution there. Yeah, Emra. Uh, because, yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember that when I was there because I went to that city and we drove also two hours from there, a place called Gujrawara, where we had a lot of um, great success, people coming to, to the meetings. One of the best opportunity I had there, uh, which I haven't done before, is meeting with the army people, um, military people, who had um, all tried to get their time off, leave to come and meet with me, uh, to get some training, but also to give them Bibles. And they, they, they are the ones who had requested for Bibles. We gave over 50 Bibles uh, so that they can go back with them to the uh, military, to be reading God's Word, but also to be sharing with anybody who wants a Bible that they can give them. Uh, quietly, and, and that was just amazing that these people who are Christians and they have found themselves in the army can be willing to go and share the gospel with other people. And so what I know right now is that the gospel is actually spreading, even though some people don't come out openly to say uh, the direction they are taking. Um, they have given their lives to Christ in big numbers now, and they are reading, studying God's word, and asking God how they can be over a witness to the people in Pakistan and other nations. And for some of them, 
They want to be witnesses of Christ by sharing the gospel and giving out Bibles. And what a joy that I've had such opportunities uh, to be able to help in that way. I think I had shared about Moldova, where we were, uh, with the Ukraine refugees. You know, it's just, it's just crazy how the world has changed. And, you know, you see innocent people, people dying, kids running away, uh, being separated from their parents um, because the world has become so selfish and, and people have lost their way. Today I was sharing about seeking God first because people are not seeking God. They don't care about God. They don't go out of the door in the schools and everywhere, and people just want their own way and their own riches, and they are greedy. We can see what we are seeing around the world. But I want to take this opportunity, John, to um, the tribulation now, because last year you helped us to advance the gospel. We have achieved tangible results in so many ways over the years. When I think about a pygmy child going to school for the first time, when I think about the first school that we created where pygmies were being accepted in Goma City, a city right now which is under big threat with the M23, the militia group in the forest um, and so many countries trying to come and protect the people. And it's not really working out. Sometimes it's more like um, a PR thing going on, but people are suffering. I'm, I'm talking to the people every day in Congo because we are praying and strategizing Last week, we had feeding program, just giving these parents uh, food to take their kids because of the issues going on in Goma, a city which is just so traumatizing to be. And yet, our school is right outside that city in, in a village called Mugunga, about 10 miles. Um, it's a worse place because the militia groups are just in those forests hiding. And uh, we just need more prayers as we help those people. It's very, becoming very difficult in Congo with the things that are going on there. Thank God so, so much is that he gave us, John, and gave us uh, partners and people through tribulation now that are helping us to do amazing things. This year, we are doing something that we haven't done before, 2023. Uh, last year, I came up with a discipleship program uh, for where people read the New Testament in one year. This is 2023. And I can tell you, John, among the people we are serving in Africa, in Pakistan, and all these places, um, I hardly doubt how many people have gone through the Bible, uh, the New Testament. I'm not even talking about the whole Bible, the New Testament. But we have developed some discussion questions, some questionnaires. And every day now, this year, since we started, I have different groups that we are coordinating and helping them to read a chapter every day. And, uh, and every week, I'm, I'm summarizing, I'm giving them some trainings. And um, sending things to them in different groups, different languages. We're translating them. And my desire is to see the people we are working with being able to read God's Word. Because when they read God's Word and have those discussions and Bible studies and they apply in their lives, they see the intent and how the, the Word of God applies to their life. The light and the salt of the world, uh, they're going to change uh, many, many more lights that even... We cannot change ourselves because they are in the field and God is using us to transform them so that they can tra transform their communities. So we, have, um, we are doing that every day and every week, doing some summaries. That's a big thing this year. As you know, discipleship is big for me because when we do evangelism, we want to see those people standing up for Jesus. So continue to pray for us. We want to continue asking people for their support. Uh, without the support we get, we can't do what we do. But with people like John who have supported us for many, many years, 
and others who have come up and continue to support us. And they, it's just amazing. Um, two projects that we are ongoing. One is a well that we want to dig in Kenya. We want to drill a wall, um, a, a, a water well, going down 300 meters. Good thing is that uh, two people have given us some reasonable donations. We we, we got a donation of 10,000, another one for 5,000, and a few other hundreds coming in. So we we have like 17,000 right now, out of the 25 that we need. And we just feel so happy and thankful to God. Um, and and the plan is to start doing it next month, February, and um, and uh, we know that we also get the extra resources that we need. And finally, is a school in in Injui Island, Injui Island, very very needy island in, in Congo. Kids have been waiting for us for a long time. Finally, we have the school now. Three classes completed, three others almost completing, but we still need a few more thousands to be able to complete uh, the, the 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 other three classes. Three, we still need ten thousand to complete that, but we know that God is going to come through. So. Thank you once again, John. Um, continue to pray for us. We are praying for you, John, every day, and we are trusting God for your life and other partners. We pray for people. We print their names, and we actually, me and my wife and our small team, we literally pray for people, uh, pray for our partners, for blessings, for God, for their jobs, their businesses, their families, their health, and, and we take it very seriously because without these partners, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we are doing. So God bless you so much. Pastor Samuel Mwangi of Pipes International, P-I-P-E-S, international.org. Praise God. <clears throat> and, and folks, I can tell you, when I think about the risk associated with, you know, even moving jobs and the things that I'm going through right now, and the number one, one of the number one things that breaks my heart that will make me just start to sob in tears when I realize how very, very, very close I am coming to potentially losing my job. And I know God's in control, and I know that I have to trust the Lord. But for me to even imagine not being able to seed into the kingdom, not being able to do this program to help people, it, it breaks my heart so bad I just can't even – I can't even – I don't even want to sit – I don't even want to think about it right now because I'll just sit here and ball on the, on the radio live. And I will. I'll, I'll start crying and, um, because that's what's important. At the end of the day, I really don't care. You know, people in the early church, they worked because they wanted to serve God. They didn't work because they wanted a new car. They didn't work because they wanted a new outfit. They worked – in the vineyards, they worked and did what they did so that they could be part of the body of Christ and to help one another to seed into the spreading of the good news of Jesus because that's all they cared about. They loved the Lord, and that's who we are. And so when, when you know, it's like when I was talking about on the, on the last program, in, in my life, I look at everything like dominoes. Every time we pray, we need to be praying within the will of the Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John, 4, John 12, 13, 14, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, right in there. You know, Jesus says, and that's the key, that I showed you that on the radio show on Wednesday, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. All right? If you're not praying in the will, within the realm of the will of the Father, out of the love of God, out of the love of Jesus, and out of the mission of the kingdom, then you are praying amiss. 
and you should not expect to get an answer. It's all about the kingdom, and that's why this is all so important because the missionary work is touching people's lives, changing. This is this is what this is. Nothing is more important than this, and and I know that. And I live it, and it and it breaks my heart to even think for a millisecond that I might not be able to help. And I I hope and pray in Jesus' name that that same feeling comes over you, not just you know what I mean. It's it, it all it's what we're here for. Nothing else matters. Thank you, Sammy, so much for joining us tonight. God bless you. P-I-P-E-S, uh, Partnership for Indigenous People. It's easier easier just to remember pipes in a house. <laughs> P-I-P-E-S International dot O-R-G. And right there on their website, folks, they've got a couple of different ways that you can seed into the kingdom. I know they get hit pretty hard with PayPal because um, PayPal has been taking a lot more money from the people that use it to you know, fund their ministry work and stuff like that. Um, you know, if you want to give a little bit extra, uh, but, you know, if you want to use PayPal because you trust it and you want to get seed a little extra in there to because to, PayPal is going to steal a little bit of that money away from them. That's just what they do. So, so again, just whatever you can do to help folks, you know, what we definitely don't want to be is we do not want to be sucked into the end times events in such a manner that we don't trust God to take care of us. We are above that. We are protected by the Godhead. We are Jesus incarnate on this earth. We are a royal priesthood. We are special to the mission of the kingdom, and we will be protected. But the second that we recoil and go, oh, no, it's the end of the world, and I'm afraid, and I don't want to spend any money. And, you know, the second you do that, guess what? Your blessings are all just going to rush right out into a little creek and go way down. You're, you're, you're forfeiting your blessings from God and your protection from God. We have to raise ourselves above that. We cannot recoil. We need to stand in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, know who we are, accept that divine protection, and understand that everything that we give, everything that we seed, is going to the mission of God, and God is going to... This isn't about prosperity. It isn't about chrome wheels on your car. This is about... God, this is about that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. That's what this whole purpose is here for us on this life. Thank you, Brother Sammy, so much for joining us tonight. God bless you, brother. Amen. Welcome. Praise God. And on that note, let's just go go ahead and bring on Sister Terry Hill. And like I said, Terry, go ahead and go all the way to 10. I know this is a powerful and mighty uh, uh, and and always detailed and awesome, inspiring message. And um, and definitely part three of the uh, last two, which has made up an an incredible series, uh, The Faithful Church at the End of the Age. And here we go. Let's bring her on live. Praise God. Sister Terry, are you there? I sure am, John. Can you hear me all right? Oh, yep. Oh, you sound absolutely perfect. Well, very good. It's so good to be with you again. 
Yes, I missed having you through the holidays and, uh, you know, it's just such a blessing. I just absolutely love it when you come on. I know so many people, so many people get blessed. Incredible. I mean, it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different kind of a blessing when you come on the program for so many people. I get the emails. I know that you do occasionally too as well. And um, and you're you're just touching some. I mean, the what do we need more than than the awesome edification and encouragement that come and guidance that comes from these teachings that you are anointed uh, to to give. And we're very just I, words can't describe. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you again, John, and I want to uh, just begin by offering those that would like to contact me for prayer. If you have a prayer need, uh, I am so happy to pray with you and stand in agreement. You can reach me at uh, by writing a word in due season, 777 at gmail.com. Uh, my website address is a word in due season.com. So I would uh, just be so excited to dive right into the Word of God because I have some encouragement for my brothers and sisters tonight. And as I begin to see a pattern, um, when the Lord is showing me the faithful church at the end of the age, he reminded me front and foremost that he is the one who is absolutely faithful. And he is the one that we can lean on. He is the one that will stand with us. Uh, as we watch different events transpire, as we watch the story unfolding one scene at a time. Father, I thank you and praise you for the privilege of opening your book. Jesus, you are the word of God, the word incarnate. And as we lift you up tonight, I pray that all men uh, would be gathered unto you and that you would be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm excited to share some encouragement with you all tonight. Uh, The Holy Spirit just had been downloading starting in um, December when we weren't together. It gave me some extra time just to sit and to write. And and so the challenge that I have is when I come with you is to say, Father, out of 20 and 30 pages of what you've shown me in the Word, what is it? How can I condense this now for those who are listening And so, again, I'm so grateful for every different ministry that the Lord has raised up. I'm I'm so grateful to every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm grateful for all who have been so faithful. And uh, we're on this narrow road together. And I tell you what, Jesus knows how to touch us and to reach us, to encourage us. He knows every detail. And I'm so very grateful. Uh, I want to start by taking you right into John's gospel. That's John chapter 16. And Jesus is actually warning and exhorting his disciples, but he's also giving them an incredible promise. Uh, John's gospel in chapter 16, uh, verse 1 says, These things I've spoken to you, that you would be kept from stumbling. And uh, Down to verse 5, it says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. So Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for the fact that he's going to be leaving them. And uh, and he says right here, none of you asked me, where are you going? Verse 6 says, because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And I think it's important as we read through both Old and New Testaments that we see how Our Father knows how to encourage his people, especially during times of distress or worry 
or anxiety or different times we see when the disciples were perplexed. They didn't understand what the Lord was saying. They were walking with him. They were trying to pay attention to the words that he spoke and the parables that he used. They knew that he was the Messiah, the coming one. Uh, he saw, they saw the signs and the wonders, and they saw that he truly had been sent to the Father. But notice what Jesus says to his disciples in John 16, verse 7. He said, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit, right, the comforter, shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In verse 8, this is what I would like to emphasize. It says here, and he, now the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he won't speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak it. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take that which is mine and shall disclose it to you. Verse 15 says, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes that which is mine and he will close it to you. He will explain it to us. Beloved, as I said a moment ago, the story is unfolding one scene at a time. And our Father is giving grace to his people who walk with him in obedience. Again, we are told in Revelation 17 that those who are with Jesus are called, chosen, and faithful. And we talked previously about what that meant. Uh, There are those that are called, there are those who are chosen but there are those who he calls faithful. So he is giving discernment to his people, beloved. The Lord Jesus is explaining things. Um, I want to take you now to John chapter 20, and I want to show you how he ministered to some who were absolutely stunned. They were confused. They didn't understand what was happening. They knew that the Lord had spoken truth, but Things were unfolding in a way that did not make sense to them. And in John's Gospel, chapter 20, uh, we see Mary is weeping at the tomb in verse 11. She's weeping, and she was looking into the tomb. Verse 12 says she saw two angels. And the angel said to her, why are you weeping? She said, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. And verse 14 tells us when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, didn't know that it was him. He asked her, why are you weeping? All right. Who are you seeking? And she thought he was the gardener. And she said, sir, if you've carried him away, where have you laid him? And Jesus said her name, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. And he said, stop clinging to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. So she went, the first evangelist here that I see, uh, announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. In other words, she had seen the risen Lord. And then we see Jesus further down in that same chapter. It was evening. And in verse 19, 
uh, it was evening on that day, and the disciples were in fear of the Jews. So they were hiding. They were frightened. Jesus had been crucified. They didn't understand. They thought that this would not happen to happen to the Messiah. But notice the first thing he says when he appears to them. And by the way, beloved, this is the first thing I would like you all to hear. And, of course, this is for me, too. He says to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Verse 21 says, peace be with you. The Father has sent me, and so also do I send you. And he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And then he began to talk to them. And uh, we read about Thomas not being there one time, but later Thomas is there, uh, touches uh, the Lord Jesus in the place where he was wounded in his body. And verse 29 tells us of John's gospel, chapter 20. He said, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. Beloved, do you know how blessed you are that this very night that you and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, can see and discern what is happening, we can hear reports of that which is being planned, and we know the Lord Jesus is coming again. And he says, blessed are you, you haven't seen, and yet you believe. I see a pattern in the word of God. I I saw it also in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to comment on it, because I see a pattern of the way that the Lord comforts his people and he gives them discernment so the faithful church discerns the faithful church is being exhorted comforted uh in nehemiah chapter 8 ezra who was a priest he was also a scribe uh opened the book of the lord and the people were gathered together in that chapter you can read that later that's in nehemiah 8 1 to 12 and The scripture tells us that all those who had understanding, okay, those who had an understanding of God's law, who loved God's law, who wanted to hear the word of the Lord, they all gathered together, and the scripture said that Ezra opened the book, all right? So that's a type of God's word being opened, and he gave a distinct understanding of God's law to the people, and he translated the words which were made known to them, and they began to weep. He said, no, no, don't weep, rejoice. And he said, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. And again, that being a reminder to us to help support those like Brother Sammy, who are making disciples, sharing the word where we can, sending portions, whether that be in person or in other ways, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. But when Ezra opened the book, the people began to weep. And he said, no, you need to rejoice. Why do we need to rejoice, beloved? Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself knows how to touch us, knows how to open the book. He knows the path that we walk on and the perplexing situations and the fearful things that we may have seen or will see, but he gives his people wisdom and he gives us understanding. Uh, Now I want to take you into Luke's gospel and I want to share something to you. Because, you see, the faithful church 
consists of disciples who are walking on a narrow way. So if you could turn uh, to the book of Luke, I'm going to share something in a minute with you. Let's Luke 24. But let me just say this. We have two groups of people, okay? There is a faithful group of disciples who are walking a narrow way. And then there is a group called the multitudes who are on the wide road that leads to destruction. And so our purpose and our calling is the Great Commission. We know that. We know that we are to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, heal the sick, uh, lay hands on people. Uh, And we are to take that which God has imparted into us, that testimony that is uniquely ours, and share it with those who will listen. And there were some faithful disciples in Luke's gospel in chapter 24. And I want to read something to you because, again, I saw a pattern of the scriptures Holy Spirit was impressing upon me. And I know that I know it's because he sees a narrow way that he has a people walking on. God has always had a remnant. He's always had a people uh, in the the midst of those who we call and the Bible calls the multitudes. The Lord has a remnant of people, a bride who love him more than anything and anyone. And in Luke's gospel, chapter 24, the context is that Jesus has been buried, but he has also been raised from the dead. And two of the disciples starting in verse 27, or excuse me, verse 17, two of them were walking one day to a village called Emmaus. And they were talking with each other. Verse 14 tells us that they were conversing about events which had taken place. They were devastated. We thought this would be the Messiah. And yet he was crucified. He was rejected by most of the people. Uh, This was an unfair trial and on and on and on. So they were discussing all of these things. They were grieving. They were perplexed. They didn't know what to do. I'm sure that there were some that were very fearful and afraid. But notice what the word of God tells us in Luke's gospel, 24, verse 15. It came about while they were discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began traveling with them. Now, I want to just comment here because this is where it just my my, uh, eyes just saw this. The Lord knows everything about our lives, all right? And those who are in Christ, he is in them, right? And he is traveling with us on that road in a season where perhaps we have seen things happen. Things are transpiring. We're hearing reports that we haven't heard before. And we're wondering what is next. What do we do? Uh, We don't know where to go. The one that we were following, it seems that something happened. Now what? Verse 16 tells us their eyes were actually prevented from recognizing Jesus. Verse 17, he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you are walking? So he comes along and he asks them. And of course, he knows what they're talking about, but he asks them. And uh, let's drop down uh, to verse uh, 19. He said, uh, one of the men said to them, what things, Jesus said, the things about Jesus the Nazarene. He was a prophet. But the chief priests and the rulers delivered him up, crucified him. We were hoping he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And it's been the third day now since these things had happened. And let's drop down now to verse 25. And he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. 
Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things to enter into his glory? Now notice this in verse 27. It says, beginning with Moses, with all the prophets, Jesus explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So they're approaching a village now, which is called Emmaus, and uh, he was acting as though he would keep going. But they urged him, saying, you know, come and stay with us. It's getting to be nighttime. And so he did go to stay with them. Verse 30 said, it came about when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Beloved, let me just say right here, the word of God, Jesus himself is the living manna. And as he uh, offers himself to us, and he blesses and takes that which is in his hands, he breaks it, and he gives it to his disciples. Okay, so what he has and who he is, the living manna that came down from heaven. Okay, he's giving it to them. Now, this is a symbolic act. Of course, they were breaking bread in a communion. And verse 31 says, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. Verse 32 says, they said to one another, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was speaking on the road and he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they arose that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, saying, The Lord really has risen, and he's appeared to Simon. And verse 35 says, They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized them in the breaking of the bread. And they were talking, you know, what did not our hearts burn within us? And this is what Jesus does. He meets us, walks with us, we may not recognize his presence at times, but we hear what we need to hear. He begins to expound the scriptures, and in that time of communion, and again, as we understand that communion certainly has an outward aspect with the elements of wine and bread, but when we're talking about communion, we're talking about intimacy with him. And in entering into that time of communion, that's when they recognized him and then he vanished. But as he was expounding the scriptures to them, it was comforting to them. So again, a reminder, when we hear reports, when things happen and events will be announced in this nation and in other places, and we may be faced with a decision, the Lord Jesus Christ is the faithful one. He is faithful and he has a faithful end time remnant. Does it mean that they don't have challenges? Of course they have challenges. Does it mean that they never miss the mark? No, of course, his people do miss the mark. But those that are continuing on the road, like these disciples, he joins alongside with us and he explains these things and and reveals himself just like he promised, just like he told us in the book of John. Now I want to read to you also out of the book of Acts, and then I want to share some things with you. In Acts chapter 1, let me just read three verses. It begins, Acts 1.1, the first account that I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3 says, he presented himself alive, after his suffering, so this is after his death, 
his suffering, his resurrection. Scripture says he appeared to these disciples over a period of 40, all right? So there was a time here, a 40-day period. During this time, it says that he spoke of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus knew because of the disciples' questions that he brought before that were brought before him. They, he knew what they could assimilate. He knew what they could handle. And again, the Lord reveals truth. He gives knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to his people as they're able to receive it. That's John 16, 12 to 15. So if we understand, those of you who are parents, There are things you would like to talk to your children about if they're young, but you know that there are things that they're not able to receive until they're a little more mature, until they are older. And if we understand that Jesus is absolutely the faithful one, and he said it, he wrote this down for us. Let me just say one thing. This is one thing he wrote down. Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So as the Lord is giving discernment, he gives wisdom, he gives us understanding, and he opens the eyes of his people, and his people are seeing some things, all right? His people are, for example, are seeing some of the false justifications that are being used in our nation to defraud citizens of their rights and freedoms, for example. For example, here's a false justification, and God's people are discerning this. Uh, there are devised, uh, a devised war on terror in the interest of national security, right? So that's a false justification to try to justify this war on terror. There are engineered pandemic sanctions, all right? That's a false justification. There is a fake climate control agenda, false justifications being used to defraud people of rights and freedoms. Uh, there are cre- there's creations of orchestrated crisis that are designed specifically to promote fear among the people to further advance control over them by imposing tyrannical legislation and restrictions. Now, we know that this is going on. Uh, The Lord is showing his people the pieces of the puzzle coming together. Again, the Lord is explaining his book. He is expounding the scriptures, and he uses his priests, okay? Again, uh, Ezra was a priest. God has a New Testament priesthood, and he will use his New Testament priesthood, and he will use many sources to help explain and to bring the pieces of the puzzle together that point to the fact that we are, in fact, living at the very end of the age. And God's faithful church is discerning some things. Those who are walking with him and listening to his voice, they're discerning some things. They're discerning an ecumenical trend, for example, that's leading toward a one-world religion. Uh, We are seeing the promotion of humanism and a social gospel, all right? And again, this is another gospel. So a social gospel, that word is called reparation. In other words, a forced wealth redistribution 
which is in fact an imagined social redemption instead of individual repentance toward God, all right? So uh, we are seeing other things coming in being called the gospel. We're hearing and seeing the emergent church that is in our midst offering formulas for false conversions, offering formulas for church growth, offering formulas to improve self-esteem when in fact the message of the cross of Christ is not being taught in so many places. When God's plan of salvation, when the um, uh, admonishment of his word is not being um, revealed and explained to the people, they will fall back and accept other things. So we're seeing and watching a blending of religions to form an interfaith union of worship. This is happening now. This is one of the pieces of the puzzle coming together. And part of this is the worship of nature. Uh, We we can call that Gaia worship, which is in fact mother goddess of earth uh, and a false peace plan that has been talked about and will be implemented. Now there have been many peace plans, but there will be a final peace pen the word of god talks us about so we see an ecumenical trend we see a cultural trend too don't we and we see that this is driven by and influenced by an elitist controlled media and this media is employed to condition the thinking and the behavior of the masses and we are living in a a culture where we see people being seduced by socialism, by concepts of hedonism and paganism. And we're seeing our borders being invaded with people coming in with their own standards of morality and practices from their countries of origin. And we're seeing the music of the pop culture, uh, a worldly uh, mantra type chanting, even in the church, that it has even infiltrated the church and sadly, the music ministry is being replaced by the music industry. We are, we are seeing this cultural trend. We're seeing another piece of the puzzle. We're seeing a political trend leading to a blending of nations. We're, we're seeing puppet governors and the rise of feudalism. Now, feudalism being where the wealthy elites rule over the serfs and the slaves. So we're seeing this political trend toward a one-world government with a one-world leader. Uh, We also know that the first Babylon is going to be a pattern for the last Babylon. So as we put the two pieces of Old and New Testament together, as we follow Israel's history, as we see the patterns uh, that God wrote and recorded for us, the Lord will show us that there is nothing new under the sun, and these patterns do, in fact, repeat themselves. We see government leaders who are meeting and planning. They are having their Davos meetings. They are meeting uh, uh, sometimes in monthly, twice a year or once a year, and they're planning to implement their global goals and the 2030 agenda. These are things that I've been writing since December, and the Lord just reminding me. He says, my people are seeing this, and others outside of the church are beginning to see pieces of the puzzle as well, and we have the privilege to introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ who when he comes into the life of any one of us, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us and begins to bring truth and to show us God's plan unfolding. And we see this economic trend leading to a one-world currency and a digital ID ID that's coming. 
a move toward a cashless society, online purchases, and the monitoring and controlling of buying and selling. We read about that in Revelation 13. The formation of a central bank and a digital system that will be centrally controlled. We've talked about ESG before, and we heard John talk about it more tonight. Social credit scores, allotments. Uh, will be developed for individuals, will be developed for businesses, and will be enforced in ways that are beyond our understanding right now. So the Lord is giving us pieces. He's giving us bits and pieces. He's showing us trends, technological trends, that men increase in knowledge, according to Daniel 12.4. And Again, there are those who are ever learning, but they're never coming to a knowledge of the truth, too. So, again, let's ask the Lord daily for opportunities to share hope with people, beloved. People need hope. I know I'm speaking to some tonight who are in despair, and you need need hope. You need to know that, yes, God does have a, a people who love him, but it's ultimately the Lord. Jesus himself, who is faithful and trustworthy and true to his promise and true to his word, beloved, you can depend on him. And especially as I'm learning to know him more and more, right, that we might know him and the power of his resurrection, I'm noticing that he really does reveal himself at a point of great brokenness and and loss in our lives. Wow, he is nigh to those who have a broken heart. He knows how to reveal himself. He knows how to explain things to us so that we can understand. And he knows what we're able to receive today, and he knows what we'll be able to receive in a year from now. In this technological trend that we're seeing being built all around us, we know that the surveillance state is already in place. And that it monitors the movement of citizens, that this actually includes also the, the ability to track travel and health and activities of individuals. And we're going to be seeing more and more of how this will be breaking down. It will be explained to us. The Lord himself will explain and show us, beloved. Now, we're going to hear it also from civil authorities and government leaders, but I promise you the Lord Jesus Christ will give us insight. He will show us his perspective, all right? And as the B system is forming with the construction of data systems and extensive censorship, we know that um, data farms are being built extensively and collecting data from individuals. Everything that we write, that we speak, uh, our methods of communication and texting and online and Uh, purchases made here and there, all of this is being tracked. And we also know that the brain-computer interface is already here. It's not something that's going to be here, but it's already here. And the use of facial recognition technology is already here. Body implants connecting man to artificial intelligence, already here. Uh, Thoughts can be controlled and read, Revelation 13, already here. So we see trends. We see these things coming together. We see what the prophets of old have talked about. And the Lord has faithfully recorded these things for us, beloved. And we also are aware of something else. We're aware of the enemy's modes of attack. All right? We're not ignorant of his devices. We know that he is revealed as both a dragon and a serpent. And 
as a dragon, we know he is that source of outward persecution. And he, in fact, personifies the accuser of the brethren, right? And he's waging war with the saints. We know that, all right? And as a serpent, we know he is a spiritual seducer. So the Bible talks about him as being the serpent of old who beguiled and tricked the woman, okay? And we know that his goal is to deceive. We know that his goal is to cause you and me to doubt God's goodness, his word, his character, and the enemy again wanting to twist and pervert the scripture. So this is what he is a master at doing. And so his modes of attack, and we feel them, we know them, are within and without. All right? So inward seduction that he suggests in the minds of people trying to plant seeds of fear in the name of Jesus. Let me just say something. We know this but I'm going to say it again. God has not given his people a a spirit of fear. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And I notice as I read through the Gospels, when Jesus would appear in the midst, peace be unto you. He always comes with peace. Now, he tells us the truth, but he reminds us of who he is. He reminds us of his faithfulness. He reminds us, he said, there's no temptation, there's no trial that's overtaken you. It's common to men, and God is faithful, right? It says, he won't allow you, he won't allow me to be tempted beyond what I'm able to endure. But with that temptation, with that trial, okay, he will provide a way of escape that we may be able to endure it, all right? So every time we hear something see something, or we're hit from behind, from beneath, if we're assaulted in our thoughts, if we are hit with illness, injury, loss, uh, any number of things that we can be uh, experiencing in our lives as we're walking on this straight and narrow path, just like those disciples who were perplexed, they didn't know Jesus was walking with them. You need to know, beloved, he is walking with you. He knows the headlines in the news. He knows what you heard tonight. He knows what you will hear tomorrow. He knows things concerning you. In fact, he tells us that we can ask him. Did you know in Isaiah 45, it says, we're told to ask the Lord about things to come concerning his sons. So while the news may report something, while the European Union may report something, while Klaus Schwab may report something, while his minions may report something, I have news for you. The Lord said, you can come directly to me and ask me, and I will tell you about it. I will show you what's coming concerning you, concerning your inheritance. He said, I'll take you into my book, and I'll show you in Israel's history the patterns and how I delivered them and how I was faithful. And even when they went astray from me, I was faithful to them. Beloved, we must understand, we must remember And I'm going to read this. I found this the other day. I loved it. Isaiah 42. He gives breath to his people. Isaiah 42, 5 and 9. He gives breath to his people, holds them by the hand, watches over them, opens their eyes, and shows them new things before they spring forth. Doesn't that sound like a faithful Abba Father? He gave us life, right? He gave breath to us. He holds us by the hand. He watches over us. He opens 
our eyes. And he shows us things even before they spring forth. Praise the Lord. Jesus, you are so good to us. Thank you, Lord God, for being so faithful. And, you know, again, there are qualities that the Father is working in us. There are those who are going to be conformed to the image of the beast. There will be those who will be conformed to the image of the world. But there are a people who are being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is working a repentant heart in them. God is working humility in them. And as they walk in obedience, he will give them ears to hear. And he will give them eyes to see. Beloved, he will give his faithful children the ability to discern accurately. Now, you're going to hear reports in the coming months. And when you hear reports coming through ministries, coming through television, coming through individuals that you may trust, we need to understand something. Each of us is only given a part or a piece of the puzzle. All right? And there are times we will hear things and interject our own opinions and our own perspective, and we must leave that at the feet of the Lord and saying, Father, could you please help me discern and to separate truth from error, the clean from the unclean, and the holy from the profane. He will do that for us, beloved. He will help us to sift through what we hear, what we see, and one of the gifts of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit is in 1 Corinthians 12. One of those gifts is called the discerning of spirits. The Lord, to help you, I ask him, I need help. And so I would suggest that we all ask him to accurately discern every message, any supernatural sign and wonder, the source of, me- of the message. Help us, Lord God, that we might not be led astray. We all know the word of God tells us, Jesus told us it's possible even for the elect to be deceived. So if he tells us it's possible, we know the source of of deception comes through the serpent. He's a spiritual seducer. And his attacks will hit us in the mind with thoughts, with seeds of doubt, of fear, or possibly heresy, if we've opened ourselves up to listen to the wrong voice. Ask him to help discern the voices. Father, help me to know what is the source of this message that I'm hearing. Is this somebody's opinion or is this the word of God? Is this scripture? And the Lord will do that for us, beloved. Now, as we observe, as we walk our lives, as we live our lives, we reminded of a couple things, right? As it was in the days of Noah, Jesus told us. As it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, his disciples asked him, what will be the sign? What will it be like? Lord, show us. What what should we be pointed toward? What should we see? Uh, What are signs? We know that in the days of Noah that genetic manipulation was a reality. We know that's a reality now, right? We know that violence and lawlessness is filling the earth. We know that. We know that Noah and his family worked on the building. Noah worked on the building of that ark, was preparing to enter that ark. And for over a century, uh, a very, very long period of time, building that thing, uh, trying to prepare the people, 
and yet we know that only a remnant, eight people stepped in. So we all know that only a remnant entered. Uh, Noah was faithful. He was a faithful preacher of righteousness. But even this faithful preacher of righteousness, only eight people entered, all right? And Jesus reminds us, as it was in the days of Lot. Now, we know that Lot was carnal, but he was righteous, right? God has to deliver every one of us from carnality, every single one of us. God has to get the spirit of the world out of us. And so he reminds us, yes, uh, Lot liked Egypt when he visited Egypt. We can read about that in Genesis. He traveled with Abraham for a while, but then he wanted to go on down. There was um, strife among the flocks. You know what happened. Lot moved down uh, toward Sodom, uh, pitched his tent there, and eventually moved in. Uh, but Lot was vexed by the grievous sin and the sexual perversion of Sodom. And God's people are grieved. It's difficult. It's heartbreaking. We grieve and we weep and we sigh and we try to talk to people. And what we see and what we recognize are similar days. So we know that we're living at the very end of the age. And we see the spirit of the age, not only outside, everywhere we go, as we try to have a conversation as we go places to do our our shopping and our marketing and our errands and we hear even perverse music. You know, it's like our ears are being assaulted sometimes, right, because of the stuff that is going on and we have no control over it. This is the spirit of the age. And um, the spirit of the age has infiltrated the church. And this is heartbreaking when we see that in among churchianity and what is penetrated and come into the, some of the congregations of the Lord, we see that this spirit of the age is preparing the way for the coming of Antichrist, even as the Holy Spirit is preparing believers for the return of Jesus Christ. So that spirit has been at work. Um, that word zeitgeist is the term that we use for the spirit of the age. And we're seeing trends. Um, we're seeing Uh, aspects, elements, and trends of this end-time scenario. And we're seeing, and I have seen in the places where the Lord has allowed me to go, the trend of occultic counterfeits, all right? Remember, whenever there are true gifts of the Spirit and a true move of the Holy Spirit, there is also a counterfeit or there is also an an imposter. And we see this New Age Uh, pseudo-spirituality, which mimics the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see the Gnostic mysticism. We see the Kabbalah, the Kundalini Yoga. We see sorcery, divination, clairvoyance, and these things masquerade as prophecy. Um, The Lord Jesus told us in Isaiah 2, 6, he says, these influences from the East have permeated his people. And he sees it and he knows it. And it exalts self. Gifts become the focus. Signs and wonders in places have become the focus. And people and individuals become a focus rather than the centrality of the cross of Jesus Christ and the call of discipleship that God has placed upon everyone that is marked and known by him. You see, this other stuff has come in and it has served to turn the eyes of the people upon the signs and the wonders, upon individuals, upon gifts, upon anything else 
but the cross. Beloved, if the cross is not central where you are fellowshing, if there are no invitations being given for people to come to faith in Christ, and if there's no call to holiness or repentance or service or dying to self, friends, you need to get out of that place because the gospel that Jesus gave us, right, the full counsel of God, the sum of thy word is truth. That's what the word of God tells us. The sum of thy word is truth. In other words, all of God's word is truth. Uh, if we're not, if you're not sitting under that, if you're not, your conscience is not being pricked, if you're not being um, exhorted, if you're not being challenged to walk with Christ, to deny self, beloved, then you're probably being entertained. But we're seeing this trend of counterfeits. We're seeing a trend of feminism, sadly, of women's rights, and as well as the domination of women usurping roles of men. It's backwards, all right? We're seeing things out of order in homes. We're seeing things out of order in people's lives. We're seeing things out of order in local churches. So these are trends. It's the spirit of the age that's come in. We're seeing the uh, disordered uh, sexuality of the world, right? So when we see the distortion come in that is infiltrating the church, which is tolerating alternative lifestyles, ordaining uh, the LGBT community, then we see um, what the Jesus has described in Romans 1 that Paul talked about um, people given over. Uh, we read about this in Romans chapter 1. We see the materialism of the world that has infiltrated the church. We see consumerist Christendom uh, and mammon worship and the prostitution of God's word through prosperity teachers, all right? We're seeing how entertainment has permeated the church. We're seeing the culture of celebrity that has permeated the church. We know that... um, Uh, There's a program called Dancing with the Stars. I've seen it. I haven't watched it, but I've heard about it. Now, um, when we talk about stars, let me just talk about stars for a minute because I actually wrote some things down. Stars in Scripture are both literal and symbolic, okay? We can read that about that in Genesis. But stars, in uh, in essence, uh, were given by God to give light and provide guidance and direction, all right? Jesus is called the bright morning star, all right? He is the son of God who rose at dawn, okay? So stars in scripture are both literal and symbolic. So we see a culture, even in the church, they worship their stars. I mean, they're music stars, they're, they're preacher stars, they're um, all these different stars or um, athletes or musicians or um, celebrities. We're seeing this has also entered the church. Now, We know that Antichrist will manifest as a counterfeit star of the morning, son of the dawn, all right? He is, in fact, revealed as the king of Babylon. We know that he wants to exalt his throne above the other stars, okay? But also I want to comment, also angels are described as morning stars in Job 38, and God forbids the worship of angels. And we know that there's a segment in the... um, professing body of Christ that are, are, are claiming to have uh, conversations or receiving a revelation from angels. Uh, the word of God, number one, forbids the worship of angels, and also angels do not give doctrine. There are messengers, false messengers of light, all right? 
there are true messengers of light. There are God's holy angels who always, always point the way to Yeshua HaMashiach, never to the person or uh, never to um, a movement. Descendants of Abraham, which include believers, are also described as stars, okay? God said um, your descendants are going to be like the stars, Genesis 22, 26. And the dragon in Revelation, we're told, will sweeps one-third of the stars from heaven, which points to a major fall, a massive backsliding before the man-child is given up, Revelation 12, also pointing to the probability of one-third of the angels who followed Satan. Um, and then Jude talks about wandering. The Lord Jesus reminds us that if a star is created, was created to give light, okay, provide guidance and direction, a wandering star refers to a teacher or a prophet or an individual, one who began on the right path but is now off course. They've wandered into darkness, okay? And so when we talk about stars, because it, it seems that even in the church, again, there's a culture of celebrity, or and if a, a famous person comes to faith in Christ, it's almost as though they're clamoring for attention, trying to put this individual on a pedestal, uh, and he's not seasoned in Christ, or she is not walked with the Lord, have not been discipled properly, and they're propped up saying, follow this one or look at this one. But it's because of the culture that has permeated the church that we need to understand that every single one of us, whether a person is well-known or obscure, every single one of us needs to be established in the elementary doctrines of our faith, okay? And we're also seeing with the spirit of the age, the political correctness, right, the wokeness of the fallen world has certainly infiltrated the church. So what we're seeing is the Lord God is giving wisdom and understanding to his people. I believe he's sharpening our spiritual senses, okay? So that when we see or hear something, we have to weigh it out. We have to ask the Lord, please show me, Lord God, with what I heard, with what I read, with what I experienced, with where I, where I went today. We attended a um, worship service today. Father, show us exactly what it is that you want us to glean from this and help us to discard other things that perhaps are not necessary or simply were just opinions that could cause me to go into another direction. Um, the scripture says in Daniel 11, uh, 33, it says that the wise, those who have insight and understanding, shall instruct many. They will shine like the brightness of the firmament. And we know, too, that the faithful are like the sons of Issachar. In the Old Testament, there was a group of, of um, men who served the king. They're called the sons of Issachar. And First Chronicles 12:32 tells us, this group served the king. They understood the times, and they had knowledge of what Israel should do. So again, beloved, as we walk with the Lord Jesus, as we recognize that there are those who are going to come, there will be those who are counterfeits, there will be those who are imposters, those who come in his name, but in fact, he did not send them. This will be the challenge for the church because we must understand when Antichrist takes his place, when 
he is inhabited by Satan, all right? He's called the son of perdition, all right? When he is inhabited by Satan, his um, satanic ability to um, seduce will be so great. So many will be swept away and say, this guy's got the answers. This is the one. Let's listen to him. He will be charismatic. He will be wise like Solomon. He will know how to solve riddles. There are many things in the Old Testament that point to and paint a very specific picture of what this person will look like. And what we need to understand is even as there is a true prophetic messenger ministry, there is also a counterfeit prophetic messenger ministry, which is preparing the way for Antichrist. So even as John the Baptist prepared the way for the appearing of Jesus Christ, we need to, to look at these things. What we can understand and glean from and look at the one whom uh, the Bible calls John the Baptist, John lived a separated holy life, okay? He never sought to win the allegiance of the people, all right? He simply was one who had come to prepare the way of the Lord. He always pointed the men to Jesus. He was humble. He was faithful. And he was frugal, okay? And, and so anyone who claims to bear God's name, to bear his message, their practices are different or their doctrine is different from what we read in Scripture. If we see someone who's trying to imitate his deeds, in other words, perform supernatural signs, but there's a different history or track record, look at their life, um, is this person uh, a person of integrity? Do they have a moral lifestyle? Are they um, faithful in their covenant promises to their spouse? Uh, is their character consistent with that which the Bible says, this is the kind of person you should listen to, this is the kind of person you should not listen to? Again, signs and wonders are never the emphasis because signs and wonders can and will be used by Antichrist and false prophet. We know that. It's all through the word of God. Remember Janice okay, and Jambo. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Real quick. quick. Folks, if you want to continue to listen to the live stream, you've only got about 35 or 40 seconds to dial 319-527-6020 to continue to listen to the live stream, okay? 319 319- Five two seven six zero two zero. Dial quick, because we're running out of time before we hit the nine thirty cutoff point. But anyway, thank you. Uh, con- please continue, Sister Terry. Thank you, John. Yes, again, the Antichrist who takes his place, false prophet who takes his place, as we see now, <clears throat> forerunners now preparing the way. Others who have come in, but it's another spirit, it's another Jesus, it's another gospel. This is all preparing the way for the ultimate man of sin. So beware of a mixture, beloved. False prophets and teachers will introduce doctrine and texts which exceed what is written. And we know what God says. You don't add to my word and you don't take away from it. All right? And and so even those call, who call calling themselves Christians, all right, they're professing Christians, but they exercise the gifts. In other words, they give words, they have dreams, they have visions, they have revelation. But if they're off 
in their conduct. Father, if, if they are immoral, all right, if their speech is peppered with four-letter words, I'm sorry, but, you know, Jesus doesn't talk like that, beloved. He doesn't use four-letter words. If they apply scripture completely out of context, when you see this kind of mixture, all I can say is caution, caution, caution. Does that mean that God's messengers miss, don't ever miss the mark? Yes, they miss the mark. But, beloved, please look at their track record. Please look at what they say and what they said God told me, but it doesn't happen time and time and time again. This is a concern. We need to understand that there are, the Lord Jesus is testing his people. Did you know that he would literally send people in and they had a lying spirit? We read about that in the Old Testament, okay? He will test his people by allowing false messengers to come in if the people have itching ears. If that's what they want, they're going to get it because the enemy is working hard to seduce God's people to turn them away, all right? And so if we think we're mature, if we think we're seasoned, if we think that we may have a a handle on spiritual matters or things in God's word or we understand these things, let me just say that as we read scripture, we can see that there were people who were very convincing and the people were fooled. I want to give you a couple of examples because the Lord Jesus is wanting us to discern. I'm just going to give you a few examples because we're running out of time, but I'm going to encourage you to take a look at what Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 28. There was actually a false prophet by the name of Hananiah, and he made a loud claim to speak for God, all right? This guy was positive. He was confident. He performed a prophetic act with such passion. He actually put a yoke on him and broke it off, so he was doing a prophetic act. I'm not going to turn there now. You can read it in Jeremiah 28, 1 to 17, all right? So he had the attention of the people. But here's the problem. He gave a false prophecy. He probably had the charisma. He had the audience. He had good speaking abilities. He had what looked like the goods. But he spoke something that was false. He gave a false prophecy, and he caused God's people to trust in a lie. So Jeremiah, who was a true prophet of God, confronted him, spoke the truth, and gave a true prophecy And God cut him off. Hananiah died. So let's learn from the lessons in Scripture that uh, we need to understand that the enemy is pulling out all the stops. We need to understand the counterfeit aspects of those who are coming in his name. And there's another one uh, that I'd like you to just mention, and then I'm going to finish with a third. There was a, a man by the name of Rap Shaka, and he can be, we can read about him in 2 Kings 18 and 19, 2 Chronicles 32, Isaiah 36 and 37. This guy delivered a convincing, all right, convincing religious message to God's people, and he actually brought this message during the time of Hezekiah and Isaiah, okay? 
and he trying to exhort the people with his religious message to follow the king of Assyria. And he did this by offering the people material incentives for them to change their theology. So he is a type of the false prophet, just as Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, is a type of the Antichrist. So what our father has done, because he loves us, because he wants to instruct his children, he puts these things down in his word. So these are patterns in Israel's history. He records for us what happened with different with the tribe of Judah and with the ten tribes and with uh, all the different tribes and all these different things that transpired. He wrote these things down for us so that we would read them and see the pattern of how God's people were deceived, patterns of waywardness and apostasy, and then again patterns of those who were faithful and how God moved when his people repented when they turned back to him from following idols. I want to finish now. God help me if I can do this. I want to talk about someone who was in the New Testament who prophesied correctly and elaborated on truth from Scripture, but he was motivated by a personal gain. This man's name is Caiaphas. And I want to read something to you in John's Gospel, chapter 11, because this man had a position. He was a high priest. John 11 and 47. Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees were convening in a council. And they said, what are we going to do? This man is performing many signs. So Caiaphas was one of many of the priests, all right? And so they are seeing that Jesus is performing many signs. What are we going to do about this guy? Verse 48, if we let him go, all men are going to believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation. So that tells you that these people love their position. They love their titles. They love their status. Verse 49, a certain one of them, Caiaphas, who was a high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you take into account it's expedient for you that one man should die for the people so that the whole nation wouldn't perish. He was speaking truth here, all right? Now, he did not say this on his own initiative, but because he was high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not only for the nation, but that he would gather together all the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day forward, they plan to kill him. What we have is a high priest here. His name is Caiaphas. He was actually in league with the religious and the civil authorities. This man could quote the word. He prophesied correctly. He elaborated on truth in scripture but he was motivated by personal gain. So he used his position to convince the people to reject Jesus, to proclaim their allegiance to a false one, and it was under his tenure, okay, it was under the time that he was high priest, that he incited the people to say, we have no king but Caesar. So the takeaway from this is, The situation will be because there will be men and women who are in league with the religious and civil authorities will, in fact, 
try to incite people to follow Antichrist, to listen to the false prophet because they can prophesy, because they can elaborate on truth in scripture, because they have positions that are honored by the people, because they have prestige, and because they're very convincing. Beloved, the imposters are here and more are coming. But the Lord Jesus tells us that we can call out to him. He said in Jeremiah 33, if we call to him, he answers us. And he tells us great and mighty things which we do not know. And Paul in his message to the church at Ephesus, in chapter 1, he said we, that we are, should, should pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and illuminated. So the Lord is encouraging us to pray, to seek him, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would come to know the hope of our calling, that we would understand the depth, the height, the length, and the breadth, that we would comprehend the love of God. Hallelujah. The love of God, because, beloved, those who walk in love will be able to discern accurately. And as our love abounds, Philippians 1, 9, and 10 so will we grow in the knowledge of the Lord and gain understanding, all right? The repentant, the humble, and the obedient will be given ears to hear. And Jesus told his disciple to watch. The Bible tells us patterns repeat themselves. Friends, we must be in the word daily. I would challenge some of us who are perhaps... Um, dependent on hearing and listening to YouTube videos, all right, to set that aside for a period of time and spend time in the word of God and ask him to enlighten your eyes. Father, we do ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would enlighten our eyes and our understanding because we know, Father, that your word tells us the rebellious cannot see or hear. We know, Father, from your word that you, in fact, can make men dumb and deaf and blind, that you, in fact, do uh, touch people with physical blindness because they're wicked. We saw this happening, Father, in the book of Genesis, and we saw this happen when Saul of Tarsus was blinded as he went with orders to persecute your people, Father. We see that you inflict blindness on those who are Uh, intent on hurting your people and father we don't want to fall into the lot of those who are called foolish or wicked who lack understanding father we are asking in the mighty name of jesus that you would teach us to worship you in spirit and in truth and to yield ourselves and our bodies which is our reasonable service father that we would lay our lives down, that we would turn from any kind of a strange fire that's been kindled by the fires of men and not by the Spirit of God. Father, we ask you deliver us from any and all idolatry, from sensuality. And, Father, that you would deliver any of us and all of us from any traditions or superstition that we are embracing that is contrary to your word. We ask, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that we would be found faithful to test the spirits and to warn, Father, when we see that which uh, comes in your name, but the fruit is not there. We ask, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, 
that you would help us, Lord God, uh, to speak your truth, your gospel, that you would help us, Lord God, to be wise as, um, as serpents and gentle as doves, Father, knowing that there is a counterfeit out there, knowing that the enemy is contending for the minds and the attention of your people, Lord God, to pull them into a place of fear to where they would be cut off from life and body fellowship. Father, I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus that you would connect your people to godly ministries, godly individuals, and that you would use us, Lord God, to help build up, edify, and strengthen and exhort the body of Christ. And Father, now I pray for my beloved brothers and sisters that you, Lord God, who are always faithful, will strengthen and protect my brothers and sisters from the evil one. Father, I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus, because you are faithful, you are the Redeemer. You are the Holy One of Israel. You were despised and rejected by the nation. We know, Jesus, too, you said that we, too, will be despised and rejected. But I'm asking, Lord God, that you would strengthen your people tonight, that you would give them a vision of their heavenly home, of the new Jerusalem, the true city that God builds while man builds his city called Babylon. You have a true city that is coming down and descending from heaven. Father, finally, I ask, that you would help all of us to hold fast to the profession of our faith, that we would not waver because you are faithful, because you have promised, Lord God. We're asking in the mighty name of Jesus that you would be exalted in us and through us in what we say and what we do. And so, Father, we commit now, all of us, our lives, we surrender to the will of our Father, and we ask thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Father, I thank you again for the privilege, and I bless my brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, John. Praise God. What a powerful message always. And we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough. Um, we, every one of us li- looks very much forward to you joining us every month and continuing um, to edify, to encourage, because in the midst of so much darkness uh, that we can all see increasing, sometimes it lulls out a little bit and gets a little slow, but boy, lately it's been getting, wow, going through the roof, uh, you know, as we predicted and, and expect. And, um, and the edification and the um, guidance and the uh, inspiration that we get from your messages and teachings are so needed. Thank you so much, Terry. A word in due season, just like it sounds, a word in D-U-E season, uh, dot uh, 777. Uh, uh, that is uh, Terry's um, email at gmail.com. Again, a word in due, D-U-E season 777 at gmail.com. That's how you can reach her via email for prayer and such. And then also, <clears throat> she has a website where she posts um, uh, really detailed scriptural uh, you know, show notes uh, that go along with the teachings, and you can learn immense uh, way additional uh, information, uh, you know, and, and deep dive and study on a lot of the things that, uh, if not all of the things that she teaches when she's joined the program. We also have a link at tribulation-now.org. Uh, it just simply says Terry Hill, and we put the notes there, too, for you as well. So God bless you. Thank you, Terry. Um, and again, her, the, the, the website is a word in due season, uh, dot com. Is that right? 
Amen. Thank you, John. It is. All right. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, tonight is uh, the, uh, again, January 15th of 2023. We, Terry, thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your prayers. We're praying for you. Let's make this, let's, let's get where we need to be to make sure that we make the first watch in Luke 12, uh, 35, 36, 37, 38. Let's not be here for the day of the Lord. And by the way, thanks to all of you, uh, you know, the folks that took the time uh, uh, to send in uh, Amos 5.18, and I'm just going to read the first half of it, Amos 5.18a, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Uh, So again, um, uh, that was the scripture I was looking for in the beginning of the program. Uh, The day of the Lord is, I I have absolutely no doubt, I wouldn't wouldn't argue with anybody out there, but I have no doubt in my mind that the day of the Lord uh, starts with the meteor that hits off the coast of Puerto Rico, causing the great global earthquake uh, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, which is the beginning and kickoff of, of the sixth seal, and embedded within the Six seal are several major events uh, which uh, which comprise the day of the Lord, which includes the global earthquake, which by the way is also the same global earthquake that happens in Ezekiel 38, verse I believe it's 41, uh, and so that ties World War III, Gog and Magog uh, war, which is World War III, uh, and uh, it ties it all together, ties it all together, and uh, and it ultimately ends. In you know it ends in and during the day of the Lord, okay, which is <clears throat> captured in Revelation six verses 13, uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all the way up to seventeen, where it says, "And the day of His wrath has come, and who is able to stand?" So we know that Revelation six seventeen, right after the day of the Lord, uh, is the beginning of God's wrath and the great tribulation, and that's when things get unbelievably horrible. All right, so not not as if they're not bad enough, but anyway, thank you all for sending in Amos 5.18 because that one used to confuse me because I didn't understand the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and I knew so many people were out there getting words from the Lord that, the, you know, the missiles come down and we go up. That's true, but that is the wheat harvest. That's the final harvest, and uh, quite frankly, you don't want to be here for the, days, the day of the Lord anyway, so um, we all need to get as close to Jesus intimately as we possibly can now, and look for those opportunities to touch other people's lives, bear fruit, and um, you know whether that be paying, you know, pay, buy some. Look for a little little old lady who's struggling at the grocery store. You know, become Jesus on this earth. There are so many opportunities today to to do loving, kind things. The only reason I don't tell you all the loving, kind things that I do is because we're not supposed to tell the left hand, you know, tell tell the left hand from the right hand and stuff in our giving and stuff, and and our Father will give to us in private. And that's, but I am telling you, folks, it is a blessing. It is life changing. And there are a lot of precious rewards and divine protection that come along with living that life in in, uh, in accordance with God's will. So uh, I hope that all of you are seeking God at that level. Uh, and praise God we have. Um, now, I know that we're in overtime and we still got 10 minutes. But anyway, Sister Terry has already dropped. So, she, you know, she, and she, and she had, you know, when she goes into overtime, <clears throat> sometimes it can be a little bit of a challenge for her uh, because of her other obligations and such. So anyway, what I want to do real quick is take the last 10 minutes to hammer out the 
uh, news reports that are directly relevant to what um, I revealed earlier today regarding the ESG score and how that's going to come to haunt each of us in the next couple of years. Okay, and it will be used to coerce you strongly force you, force your hand, and will ultimately be a requirement to eat. I mean, that's really just as simple as it's going to be, to eat, wear clothes, to do basic things, to live, really. And then at that point, all they got to do is make it electronic, get it off your driver's license and say, look, we're going to make this something that's a part of you. I do not believe it is going to be an RFID chip. I never have believed that. I know a lot of people are preaching that. It isn't. It's not going to be an RFID chip. It's going to be an electrical or electronic circuit that is essentially tattooed on your flesh, and it will be visible. That's why it's called a mark. But you know what? You won't have any doubt. Not whatsoever, because now, because of the ESG score and the revealing of this mystery to us uh, with confirmation from God, un- undeniable, uh, we we will see it coming a thousand miles away. All right, praise God. So that's that's a wonderful thing. What what an awesome, merciful thing uh, that uh, the Lord has done for us through that. And if you want to learn a little bit more about it, you can go to a website called ESGthereport.com. ESGthereport.com. And there's a link on that page that's entitled, What is your personal ESG score and why should you care? And it goes in and it says, um, you know, what are the environmental factors? What are the social factors? What are the governance factors? And this article actually does go into great detail to help you understand how seriously they're taking this. And by the way, they're only showing you, like, for example, what are your what are good, sustainable food habits? In other words, what has the least carbon impact on the earth? Well, they're going, to, they're going to take away all your meat. They're going to take away your eggs. Okay, it's going to get real bad. All right, so I just wanted to go ahead and point that out to you, praise God. Next thing I want to do is play this little ditty. I just think it's a, a blessing. And it is. Uh, it shows you how awake Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is in regard to all of these bizarre WEF things. So I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick. All right. And they're, they do this thing in Davos. They're doing it next week. All these elites come in, um, you know, the World Economic Forum. And basically, um, you know, their vision is they run everything and everybody else is just like a serf, like a peasant. They say they're going after energy, ESG, all these other things. And you see the Biden administration wants to, to nix gas stoves. Are you kidding me? Like we need, I want gas. Stoves. I mean, imagine like you, how many people had the hurricane come through, didn't have power right away, but were able to turn on uh, some. So you, you cannot go down this road, but that's exactly uh, what they want to do. And it's really weakening uh, Western society, Western values. But underlying a lot of that is the CCP. You know, those people are there, they're elites, but you know, G is is really um is, is really kind of the the puppet behind the curtain on a lot of this stuff so very very problematic i think in the direction they want to go and what i've said in florida is is that type of stuff coming out of davos uh those policies are, are dead on arrival in the state of florida 
All right, praise God. Um, and let me go ahead and uh, bring down, hold on a second, so I can get through the rest of these headlines real quick. Praise God. So according to the expose, quote, the Great Reset includes 52 heads of state and hundreds of government officials collaborating at the World Economic Forum at Davos 2023. Well, if you're interested and you'd like to see the actual list of attendees, you can type into your uh, DuckDuckGo, forget Google, DuckDuckGo, you can type in um, list of World Economic Forum, or what I did was I said, list of Davos 2023 attendees. The second link or the third link down, uh, I had to probe around a little bit. It was just the first couple links, got a hit right away. And they had a Scrib D. Uh, That's a service on the Internet. You got to sign up, but they got a trial period, and they'll let you download your first couple of Scribd documents for free. Well, I just wanted this document only, so I got it. Uh, And the reason why I was most curious, I mean, I quite frankly, it would kind of like to kick back and, you know, have a nice glass of wine and look over the list a little more carefully, but I know who these people are. I mean, I don't care what their names are, but I know really what, you know, the types of companies and the organizations and the agencies that they're going to represent, which are those of power that have um, typically the ability to inflict or demand regulatory um, requirements upon the people. Okay, and that is that makes them an integral part of forcing people to adopt the ESG system, uh, which will ultimately I mean, once the control grid is completely locked up, the, the, the electronic delivery method is irrelevant. Now, it's very relevant from a biblical standpoint. And that's where we have to – That way, that's what – what a blessing. What a blessing to be able to see it coming from a 1,000 miles away. Praise God. All right. Next headline up. Thank you, Jesus. British protect 15-minute cities where they will become prisoners of the state. And it says to seize further control of the people's lives, globalists are pushing the false idea that these cities will save the planet and help all of humanity. And they're actually running tests live right now inside the United Kingdom in a couple of different towns, uh, the primary one being the British city of Oxford. And they're none too pleased about it. Some of them are unaware of it, but they're driving past signs that have police enforcement cameras and saying things like, now you're leaving District 5, which is a warning that they're outside of their 15-minute limit because what they're trying to do is force the the containment of the citizenry uh, to the not be able to drive more than 15 minutes. Uh, You know, they're trying to contain their, their whole lives within 15 minutes of their house. I mean, it's really that simple. And then, of course, they're going to turn up the volume and make it worse, make it worse, make, you know, that kind of thing. And that's that's what they do. And it's going on all over the world, but they are actually test piloting it in Oxford. Uh, Oxfordshire, I think it is. Anyway, praise God. Next one up. The Defender uh, headline here out of this website says, the World Health Organization proposals could strip nations of their sovereignty, create a worldwide totalitarian state, according to various experts. And then they go in and explain 
pretty much what we've been talking about thus far. But they're also talking about the New World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. And that treaty was one that, of course, the convalescent, shape-shifting, reptilian, pants-pooping piece of garbage that it claims to be the president of the United States, which is not, uh, and, and is being puppeteered by Obama, the Antichrist, uh, has quickly signed up the United States to be a part of. So the next time they have a so-called pandemic, we can expect a whole bunch of regulations that we didn't agree to. Uh, but, uh, but you know, the entity that refers to itself as Biden did on our behalf. All right. Praise God. Next thing up. Food from the trash can. Will dumpster diving soon be legal? And what this is talking about is there are several bills in Congress in some different countries. Uh, this one here is actually, I believe, uh, the United Kingdom again. Uh, so they're definitely one. No, no, no. This particular one is being released in Germany. Uh, and, uh, you know, because they don't want people crawling around in dumpsters. But now they're thinking, well, considering the direction that all things are heading, you know, and they, they you know, to some degree, they know the big picture. Most of them do. You know, to some degree. Uh, and so some of their lawmakers are making it legal so people will be able to dumpster dive. So there's nothing like having a nice little hobo sandwich with a little bit of, you know, wiggly maggots on it. Praise God for that. Um, thank you, Jesus. And we'll just keep on moving. Forward. All right, go woke or else teachers' licenses to, de- to depend on brainwashing the students. So basically, uh, being forced downward from the Fed all the way into the individual uh, funding of the uh, educational system, all the way into the grade schools, etc. They're being forced uh, to shove wokeism and LGBT sex change stuff, or else they're going to the teachers will be losing their licenses. So that, that it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out in states like Florida and Texas, where the governors are straight up saying, you know, not in my state. Praise God. All right, next one up. Public states are public schools facing dramatic surge in unruly students. Now, you know what? I ain't spending another second on this one because I don't think there's any surprise there for any of us. Praise Jesus. Next one. All right, The Guardian says there's one winner in the Biden document discovery Donald Trump. Okay, like, so if, hopefully you know a little bit about that. It's the war of top secret documents and stuff. Whatever. Okay, they're going to, this is, this is a cycle that continues every single president, every single cabinet. It's back and forth. As soon as they swap, they start poking each other in the eyes at like three stooges and nothing ever comes of it. All right, next one up. WorldNet Daily reports the busiest United States container ports. This is very concerning to me. Well, it ought to be concerning to all of us because we're already seeing the impact of it. And, and they really are talking about the, the WEF overtly states that they, they're, they're intending to limit every human to like two eggs per week and three items of clothes per year. No privately owned vehicles. They're not joking about the gas stoves. My sister's going to freak out. She's got this big Viking gas stove that's like professional grade. (laughs) 
Maybe the Lord will bless her and take her home before that happens. Who knows? <clears throat> but anyway, busiest United States container ports went from swamped to eerily quiet. And it says uh, container volumes in the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, California, are seeing steep declines versus one year ago, signaling a downturn in imported goods might suggest continued sinking economic activity. Okay, and I would take the word might out of there. (laughs) It obviously does. All right. Praise God. Next one up. Al Jazeera reports the death toll in the Philippines due to the storms that they were just body slammed by rises to 27. More rain is forecast in the Philippines, and they already have 83,000 people that are taking shelters and evacuation centers due to the impact and um, you know of these storms that are they've just been getting battered by pretty much on an annual level. Next one up. Fox Weather reports atmospheric river events pummel California with flooding and mudslides. So, yes, uh, it's not hitting every single part. I mean, I've got some clients that are out in that area, and they're very uh, vocal about the fact that it, it it's only a very limited part, a uh, very, very limited part of California near certain rivers. But the impact there is absolutely apocalyptic, and they have the photographs to prove it. All right, praise God. Next one up. Charisma News reports that Jerusalem Christians are on the edge uh, after death to Christians was scrawled on old city walls. Now, I, you know, I, I had a friend that was in the IDF for five years, and he told me that it was very common around Jerusalem to see first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. So I guess this concept of being a little bit more overt about it and saying death to Christians is, uh, you know, kind of crossing a new line as far as, uh, you know, the Palestinian population there, uh, letting people know what their intentions are. Anyway, next one up. Uh, Ynet News out of Israel says police close roads as crowds rally uh, across Israel in anti-government protests. And the bottom line is it's the left versus the right. Netanyahu's back in power. Uh, He's established a government and he is extremely right wing, you know. And when he feels, you know, he, for example, you know, he, he, he wants to go, he wants to protect the country from Iran. There's a lot of people that don't want to really get involved in all that. Uh, it's that kind of stuff. All right. Anyway, praise God. Oh, and by the way, it's 80,000 people hit the streets. So it's a big deal there. Praise God. Next one up. New wave of strikes reported against the Ukrainian power grid. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm just going to give you a little brief. You're not hearing this in the news. I dig for this stuff. All right, I don't didn't say I dig it. I said I dig for it. Okay, for your on your behalf and also mine. Um, right now, um, Soledad and Bakhmut are completely taken over by Russia. Russia has already started their new offensive with their. Well, up to 1.2 million uh, Russian Federation soldiers and such. Okay, and an untold massive buildup of equipment that is exceedingly advanced. 
and that um, they have uh, essentially doubled the amount of land that they control uh, past the Donbass region. Okay, so there for a while it looked like they were pretty much sitting at a standstill, and now I guess the the ground has finally frozen, and they're on the move. And I can tell you uh, that there are experts like uh, Douglas McGregor uh, and some other folks out there that are in the know that are claiming the situation is so bad that they're actually wondering, sort of expecting that the conscripted, you know, Ukrainian people forced into the military, they're not giving any, they're not getting any uh, support. They're not getting any food. They're cut off on their supplies. They're running out of ammunition constantly. They're basically being thrown into the middle of a war zone with absolutely no backups or supply lines, and they're getting sick of it. And they're dying by the gazillions. And, uh, of course, none of this is hitting the news. And um, there is a strong belief system by the people who understand how these sorts of war dynamics work that there's a high level of likelihood that the people that are in the um, Ukrainian army – will turn against Kiev and go back and uh, topple the country. So we'll have to wait and see if that happens. So, again, there's a lot of things that could happen but and a lot of speculation right now. The one thing that is absolutely certain beyond any shadow of a doubt is that the Russians are moving very rapidly right now. They're not, they're not taking pri- – well, in the, I'm sure they are taking prisoners. That's a figure of speech. But they're moving fast, and they're doubling the uh, their reach uh, in like one day. Okay, so the um, new offensive evidently is now officially – in progress. Praise God. Next thing up. Mall security tells man to remove Jesus shirt, Jesus saves shirt, t-shirt, lest he offend other shoppers. Imagine that. Mall security coming right up to a guy and saying, dude, you got to take your shirt off. Can you imagine that? Uh, you know, I, I wonder if he would have gone up to a Muslim and said, you know, said, said the same thing. <laughs> you know? I don't know. This world is so whacked out. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Young sacrifice. Believe in God on altar of Satanism. So, again, you get plenty of that noise going on, and more and more of it, really, pretty much every week, from the Telegraph, from the Guardian, from relatively well-known newspapers that have been established for some time. Not that I like what they think or the narrative that they push, but the Satanism articles are, they're overwhelming. I mean, it's like on a weekly basis, there's a major Satanism event, a major, major, huge, you know, uh, major Satanism event taking place somewhere in the world, and it is disturbing. Uh, Next headline up is Japan says it will release more than 1 million tons of water, and they do mean Fukushima nuclear plutonium water, uh, into the Pacific Ocean. So I'm sure that's going to meet with all kinds of... You know, apocalyptic concerns and possibly, who knows what the actual net effect will be. Uh, Thus far, it it hasn't been as bad as many predicted, but, uh, you know, 100 tons? (laughs) Well, that may be a whole different story. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. This one's very important, by the way. 
This headline says, Hacker Group Discloses Ability to Encrypt an RTU Device Using Ransomware, uh, according, you know, and the, and the industry is reacting to it. Now, why is this important? Because the RTU devices are built into um, ICS or industrial control systems. Now, what that means is that if a ransomware attack were to occur at a water reclamation facility, at a power plant, uh, at you know anything that that keeps the world going around. Okay, any of the uh, facilities that keep your water, your electric, your utilities, whatever the case is, running, it's going to shut down. It's going to completely shut everything down. And I can tell you right now that the average recovery time for a sophisticated ransomware attack is about three weeks to three months, if you know what I mean. All right. I'm sure you do. Next one up. Lithuania gas pipeline explodes. Nearby villages evacuated. So, again, if you, if my guess is right, this was probably a feeble attempt to take out one of the gas feeds that was ultimately originating from Russia and is still going into Europe. What they're doing is they're kind of circumventing, for their own people's sake, the um, uh, you know uh, sanctions on Russia by sneakily uh, getting gas. They send it to a different part of the country, uh, you know, to make it look like it's not coming from Russia, and then it, you know that kind of thing. And they distribute it out, and then now you're seeing. People bomb the, the actual lines. You know, who are these people? Are they CIA? Probably. Anyway, praise God. Uh, Biden administration extends COVID-19 public health emergency yet again. So that does that is supportive of the claims, uh, whether prophetic or whatever, uh, that there's going to be a release of another ugly flu variant. All I can tell you is that the one that I got hit with on the 23rd of December, was noteworthy, but I don't think it was COVID. Like I said, I didn't have really, it was just nothing. I mean, like I said, severe cold and flu. All right, praise God. So I don't really think it had anything to do with one of these variants. I, I Not at all. All right, praise God. Next one up. According to the TASS news agency, which is an internal Russian newspaper, it says that the United States may lose control of world finance due to the conflict in the Ukraine and that the information is coming from a financial, a French financial expert named Emmanuel Todd. All right, so they go into this big, long dissertation about why and how the money is interconnected and all that kind of stuff. University of Chicago, this expert that expert, but at the end of the day, the claim is that uh, the hegemon. Well, well, this is a class. This is this is a claim that would ultimately be one of the catalysts that would lead to the collapse of the petrodollar. Of course, we're looking for that right now because we know that we have already entered into the rolling out of the scroll for the third seal in the Book of Revelation. Hallelujah! Praise God. Next one up. Montreal is experiencing it. Montreal, Canada is experiencing a new phenomenon. This is straight off of Twitter, and it has uh, live, uh, you know, people with cell phones taking live uh, video of this stuff as it's happening because they wanted to prove to people that it's for real and it's not just somebody making a claim. And this one is from some lady named Alexandra. 
And she took the video and she published it on Twitter and says that Montreal, Canada, is experiencing a new phenomenon. Some companies are now saying we will not accept any cash at all. So if you don't pull out one of your chipped credit cards, no soup for you. No soup for you. Not even the Mulligatani. All right, praise God. Next one up. Big American farm sounds the alarm. Livestock numbering in the millions could soon starve to death. Remember I told you about the farmers that were coming forward and they were saying the reason why they, it wasn't the you know avian flu that was causing the uh, you know eggs to go up in price. It was the cost of feeding the chickens. Now, sort of like uh, taking the nitrogen away from the farmers. It, it, it's just so sick and twisted and evil, just exactly like Jesus warned us about. So, yeah, um, big news with the ESG. Uh, you know, been like like to Terry's point, we have all ultimately been hearing about it, maybe watching it a little bit, wondering what it is. But to uh, to Glenn Beck's credit, uh, and I did buy his book. Uh, that has a little sub subtitle on the front about the global reset. Um, I, you know, I bought it because, and I'm going to buy the second version of it too, because he's done some fabulous research. Uh, they know exactly right down to the number of eggs and the amount of, uh, you know, clothing that we'll be allowed to buy and how bad it's going to get. And, and, he, and also they are articulating in great detail how the um, interconnect works, the supply chain. Uh, and uh, there's just going to be, it's going to, the, the books are going to be loaded with absolutely tons of surprises and, Mouth dropping! Oh my gosh, I boy, if that's not enough to uh, to uh, to um, uh, motivate you to get real close and intimate with our Lord Jesus and spend some extra time in prayer on your knees, I don't know what will, because we're getting very close, folks. Anyway, praise God! Thank thanks again to Terry for her powerful message. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Tonight is Sunday, January the fifteenth of twenty twenty three. It's looking like it's going to be a pretty creepy creepy year as we head into what appears to be, um, man, some really dark times. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all for joining us, and thank you for your prayers. I'm praying for you, too. God bless you all for joining us tonight.